Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This week, well, when we did UCOB, we had like eight shows on it, so this is like show number two on uh, Ultima Weapon. But this time, we're going to be talking with some of the top-tier rating groups that managed to clear in the first and third position for world ranking for Ultima, and get their insight a little bit about the process and what they were thinking behind the scenes. But anyway, to do that show, we're going to need some people on it. So I'm one of your hosts, Michael, Mr. Happy Pope. I'm, of course, joining me is Sly, a.k.a. Sly the Fox, a.k.a. Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox, a.k.a. Waffle House Raid Strats. Why? 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 Why not? Why even go there? Why not? Why even go there? Back Why story. even fucking go there? Oh, my God. Sly, Sly doesn't Hi. want to be on the show anymore. <laughs> Hi. Uh, it's okay, Sly. We'll, we'll get to hear plenty about that later. But anyway... Uh, he's nodding. He's shaking his head now. But uh, of course, we need some. We need some of the people that uh, managed to down the fight the fastest. So from the uh, world first group, uh, we have Zep. How you doing, Zep? Hello, I'm doing great. Thanks for being here. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you for being here. <laughs> I, I mean, thanks for all. That's that's nice how you know that it's 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 still it still got you tired all these weeks later, huh? I am. That's okay. That's all right. I'm tired too. And from the uh, world third group, uh, from one of the best named statics is a Shaggy Fusion Ultra Instinct, which oddly That's enough, AKA Mr. 20K, AKA somehow that wasn't solely Fold's idea. Um, <laughs> we have uh, Layla, AKA Klops. How you doing, dude? Doing good, man. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Should be fun. Glad to have you. Always good to have you. Now, uh, for anyone who's watching, we went through audio before the show started. We know that Klops's mic is a little bit lower. There's not really much way to raise it without it sounding like his computer is committing murder in at least three states. I'm ruining the show. So you're actually louder now. I feel like you you edited it while we were waiting. So either that or, you're either that or you're speaking into the microphone, but uh, just making you aware in advance that we are aware in advance. So thank you. I'm really glad that we could get both of you on the show today. I know it's a little bit later for you, especially, Zep. I mean, it's fine, really. I, I used to read on an A, so I know the drill. Oh, you and me, you, you and me, I don't know how either of you do. I go to sleep at 9.30. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's already past that for you, I'd imagine. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> 1 a.m., just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just it's 1 a.m. It's four hours before I wake up in the morning, no problem. No problem. I'm, I'm a night person. All right. I wouldn't run to any otherwise. All right. Well, kudos to you because I can't do it. And then, uh, of course, Sly being here, you know, not hasn't cleared it yet, but has had some experiences. Made Titan, yay! Woo! Hey, honestly, that's not bad considering that you're doing mostly Waffle House pugs. So making it to Titan woke is not not bad at all. In my no, book. we can't even coherently wake. 
Wait, Titan? Yes. I'd listen, we're going to probably end up talking about the jails today, so I have a feeling you and a lot of other people are in the same boat, Sly. Trust me. We yeah. don't even consistently wake Titan cells up. <laughs> Those jails are the devil, Sly. Oh, yeah. By the way, if, uh, if at any point in the show, like, my mic starts echoing, uh, just let me know. Hey, Layla. Mm. Your mic might be echoing a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I'll take care of that. You guys, you guys start. I'll take care of that. All right, all right, all right. So okay. this, this show is going to be mostly freeform, considering the stress that Ultima Weapon created on those those people who have been attempting to go through to it, especially to clear it. I figured that a freeform show talking about the progression of it was probably the slight, just, I don't, we're not even, you don't, you don't, you don't apply. But anyway, <laughs> pugging is a different kind of stress. Okay, pugging is a different kind of stress. But uh, we want mostly a freeform show talking about the progression of it. We're going to, I'm going to just ask Zep. Layla, bunch of questions. Sly's gonna ask some questions. We're gonna laugh and cry maybe a little bit, thinking back on some of the stuff. And uh, hopefully, we have a good time. Still crying. Uh, excuse I'm me. Still... Excuse me. Couldn't hear that. I'm still crying. Still crying. A little bit. Still crying. Is that what you're drinking out of that glass? Are they your tears? Yeah. Salty. Salty. Salty is good. Yeah. A little sweet. A little sweet. Still, still yeah. hydrates you though. It's good. All right, so without further ado, um, I don't know how long Layla's going to take to edit his thing. I told him to just leave it as is, and now he's, he's trying to science that shit. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. All right, there you go. Just making sure. So why don't we just get started uh, right off the top? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with the million dollar, both of you with the million dollar question right off the bat, having both cleared it with both the first and third ranking in regards to the uh, content. Uh, how do we feel about Ultimate Weapon when it all was said and done and passed and you had time to think about it now for at least a week or so. How how do you feel about the fight now looking back before we get into the specifics? I think it's really, really awesome, the fight. It's, uh, for me personally, like one of the best fights I've ever done like in this game. It's just brilliant how it's trolling the player. <laughs> Sly, that, uh... Sly feels the same way. He's like, <laughs> waking. <laughs> I think my initial opinion of the fight after you know we've had we're, we're basically like a week plus removed from the first couple clears yeah so you know people have done their reclears um and my opinion after you know doing the reclears and having a week and a half away to think about it uh I would say that the solving of the fight and the mechanics was probably more difficult than Yukov the unending coil but the actual execution of the mechanics uh, might be uh, a little bit easier than Yukov. Uh, Yukov was a bit more of a draining experience, and I think it had, I think uh, it was a bit more punishing in uh, some, of, some of the mechanics. You know, a lot of them were just one shot, uh, you know, raid wipes. Uh, I'm specifically referencing stuff like Twister and Grand Octet mishaps and stuff. Um, those things were, were super punishing, whereas, um, uh, you know, the, the punishment factor of Ultima, you're really, you're really just looking at the Aether gauge, not letting the Aether gauge be too out of control. So, uh, but the actual like going through and solving of the mechanics, I thought was more difficult than Ultima. They were a bit more cryptic. How do you feel and about that? It? Was gonna be my oh, that was, was that was gonna, gonna be gonna your say, question. Gonna be my, yeah, I don't know. I'll throw it to Zeb. How do you feel? Um, Uwu stacks up to Yukon. Uh, I think uh, solving it is def like I agree with Leda that it was harder than Yukon. Um, mm -hmm. Well, for Yukon, I was doing Ninth Man stuff like on the World Park. Um, the thing about you was 
you rather dodge things. That's like um, the premise of the fight. While Yukop is rather throwing unavoidable damage at you most of the times, and you have to deal with it in some way. Um, this is like kind of how I view these two fights. Um, but yeah, uh, I would say Yukop reaching Golden feels slightly better than reaching Ultima. But the enrage on Ultima just feels incredibly more satisfying than and clearing it, of course, than anything in Yukop. Like I think so I know, many saying... groups. Hmm? Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, like if you listen to all of the clears, I think there has not a single clear where no one has been screaming. I think like every clear has yeah. screams in it. Everyone's like shouting, like, come on, clear it, come on, come on, like, come on, all the stuff, put it on. And uh, it's just really cool to watch all these clears. And yeah, that's kind of how I view it. Now, were you speaking from like a aesthetics point of view? Because when like, I, I looked ahead, people already told me, like, you already told me how it looked, and I had to look ahead and, like, oh my fucking God, this is like the best in rage ever. And it just, just looking at it, it's a it's an awesome feeling. I haven't been there yet. I can't wait to get there and, and scream too. But are you speaking from more of the aesthetics and how you know that enrage was done and how it looked compared to anything else we've ever done? Yeah, like basically like how it looked and how it felt. Like I, I think I um, I made a video about our first reaction. I don't know if you made that public, but we were all like screaming, "Oh, move into the circles! Move into the circles! What is this?" I'm standing, I got stunned. And then you like literally get obliterated from the, for existence. And <laughs> it was just so insane. And you like first realize, holy shit, this is it. This is it. I think so, the thing that makes the enrage, uh, you know, a bit more special in this fight is because you're being dragged away one by one. You know, we, we talked about how like every single clear, there's people screaming and yelling at their monitors. Like, you know, as you're being dragged away, all you have to do for the next like 20 seconds while your team is, while your team is still trying to kill the boss is all, all you can do is yell at your team. Do more damage. Do more damage. Please kill it. Please, please, please. That's all you can do for like 20 seconds. Yeah, there was, there was one clear of uh, an EU group where the scholar um, was like, screaming, please kill it. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is literally everybody at that point. He just, he just vocalized what we were all thinking internally. And she was almost crying, it felt like. <laughs> please kill her, please kill her. That's how I felt. I know that much. On our second one, I was like, I can't do this a second time. Please, please, just put it just put it down. I can't I can't handle another. I got up and left. I was like, I'm just, I'm, uh. Yeah. Now, now, imagine that kind of feeling when you're like, if you don't have the clear yet, and you're like at 3%, you're like, uh, I want to clear this. And then sleep deprivation comes in, and you're like, Fuck. <laughs> and you, get, you have to go to sleep. Feels bad. Going to sleep after something like that has got to be the most difficult thing anyone's ever done. Like, even if you're clearing it like a month from now, two months from now, having that be how your night ends and then going to sleep, not finishing it, has got to be an, a brutally just emotionally draining night, like a sleepless night. Well, Zep's team has experience with that from what i've heard so yeah. you should ask him how, how they felt yeah it was like we were waiting about 13 or 14 hours at the time when we reached uh the enrage the first time 
like 27%. Then a couple of pulls later, we reached it again, then reached and put it to like 10%. Uh, at that point, we usually stopped after 16 hours and we were like, okay, uh, well, well, this is a, needs a bit of background story. Um, we were all like following Leda's team on Twitter. Uh, so we were reading like, Roxa Claire takes 990k damage. And they're like, only two spots in the fight where you can get, where you can take like 990k damage. And we're like, okay, they must be on average as well. Fuck. Like, and then we, we had to make the call. Jokes on you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we had to make the call. Okay, are we gonna, are we gonna push now? Or like, we can clear this. This night, are we gonna make the push? And we decided to make the push. So we waited for 21 hours and we reached like 3% at that night. And then just didn't wanna be it. So we had to go to bed. Mm. That feeling was like, the bad feeling about it is not like that we're not clearing it in itself, but like you expect that other teams are on end range as well. So as you decide to go to bed, you're like, so this is like 50-50, some other team might kill it while we sleep. So, yeah. I know even when, even though I'm not doing, you know, world prog anymore, I know the very first thing every morning I checked when I woke up was front page to Reddit every, every day. Twitter, Reddit, that was the first thing. And you don't want to wake up and see that it's done before you've even <laughs> had a chance to get warmed up for the day. Yeah. So I know that. I know that, that takes the winds out of your sails, doesn't it? Yeah, when I woke up, I checked Twitter, I checked Reddit. I was like, oh, did someone clear this? Please don't tell me someone cleared this. And then we went back in and I was like, yeah, okay, let's do this. Yeah, I, I, I still know that feeling a little bit. Now, in terms of just general, you know, prog, was there anything y'all did different um, now as opposed to when in UCOB? Did you, I mean, there, there were certain variations. There were certain ways you treated it a little bit different, like in terms of times and uh, prep. Was there anything different that you did? All of you. Um, well, speaking for my team personally, uh, we obviously approached this much different than we approached UCOB because we had, mm -hmm. we actually had real experience with an ultimate encounter. For this time around going to UCOB, I don't think any team in the world uh, was fully prepared for, for what they threw at us. Uh, I think I speak for every single world prog team with the exception of maybe like one uh, that nobody was anticipating them to release a fight was going to last more than a week. Uh, they had a previous track record of the two tiers right before UCOB being, you know, kind of stomps, just pushovers. So we just expected it's going to be more of the same. And, uh, you know, I think people expected maybe it'll go a week, but not the, uh, you know, 11 days that it did. Um, so, uh, I, you know, obviously the, the, the big thing that you change is the amount of expect the, the time, the amount of time you're expecting to spend frogging. Um, and now that you know, like the pacing of ultimate and the types of stuff that they throw at you in ultimate, the damage values they like to throw at you, uh, and also the length of the encounters they like to throw at you. Um, you have you prepare entirely differently for that than you would say like a savage tier. What about you? What about you, Zep? What was different? Because if I recall correctly, the first time you guys had off time from work, but it was only for less than a week, if I recall. Oh, well, I, I wasn't actually in that team. You weren't okay. Well, the <laughs> F, the, F, the team the team that the team that did partake. I know they did that. I don't know if the entire FC yeah, I, I, approached it differently because of probably that. working with the lead monk back then. Uh, I yeah, I was I was with the lead monk back then. 
But I, I can at least say in the league we didn't expect it either. We, we, we thought, okay, it's going to be like three days <clears> here, probably, and then it's done. And when it turned out like this was, oof. So it, it's definitely more about your mental state and how you approach it mentally. Like, um, I do have to say I was a little bit surprised, but they did mention it, how fast this fight actually was after all. Um, if you look at UCOP, it's, it's still relatively slow. Okay, you have a twister cast on twin twin you have a fireball, you have some hatches, you have a new link. Oh, it's it's all like it it it's more about like a, the mediocre coordination and like actually putting thought into it and, and doing it correct, but it's not like in Yuvu where it's like super fast and like the widow does a slipstream and immediately after she does this tornado, the mistress song, and then she jumps, Gawuda feathers all coming at you. So the initial thought was really like, okay, is this fast? <laughs> <laughs> I think the only time um, where I felt like Ultima, like the encounter, uh, was was too fast. Uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't use, I shouldn't say too fast, but was um, much more fast than UCOB was like specifically the suppression phase. I know that we had a conversation as a team when we were when we were learning suppression. And you know, practicing the movements for suppression and stuff, uh, that we commented that the what they're expecting us to do here feels so much faster than every other part of the fight. Are we doing something wrong? Like, should it should it actually be this fast? Um, that that's like the one thing that really stood out to me in Prague is just how fast suppression was compared to anything in UCOB and compared to anything in the other bits of uh, you know weapons refrain. I also um, felt that way. Um... Uh, on the reprogging of annihilation, um, that third orb we, is real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The, 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 when we did it the first time, we did seven seven two two, I believe. Uh, so, for me as a range player, I had to go go south, pick up the tether, and then sprint back immediately and get into that orb, and then go north, dodge this, dodge that. Um, so. When not the first time we did it, it was like okay, this is acceptable, it's doable. And then when you had to reprog it, it was I, I, it? It just felt satisfyingly fast, but it's still a lot of things going on at the same time. Yeah, it's interesting you brought that up because um, I, I actually felt the same way watching Arya, our bard, the the do the do the range, you know, dance during annihilation. I feel like the range player has the most movement during that uh, annihilation dance because you are ping ponging. From one side of the map to the other side of the map in order to like do the safe spots cleanly yep. uh and i thought that was you know when when you're like planning out your movement for a phase you're trying to think well what's what's intuitive what's gonna uh what what should the dance look like and the bard the bard and the range person the person taking that tether just feels so out of place in that, <laughs> that whole movement it just it's so much more effort than everyone else is doing at that time so kind of peculiar and the plan for it doesn't sound like it. It's like, okay, well, the person with the tether just run towards back towards Garuda and then come back to the team. It doesn't look anything like it's that that's all they're doing. Because it's yeah, not. Because at the same time you have uh, on the on the sides, you have Ifrit's charging and Titan doing landslides and Garuda feathers going out. Yeah. Anything's going on at the same time. Yeah, I I, I felt like... Comparing this, I guess, speed-wise to UCOP, I don't know. I, I'm a melee DPS, so shit's easy. 
All right. That's <laughs> that's the truth. We don't have we, we're never the person to get assigned to shit like, you know, the what the range has to do in Annihilation. We're never the healer trying to survive all the damage or anything. We're never the tank worrying about the clock. Our job is to kill the boss. And if there is something that comes at us, do it right. And it's like, so when I looked, when I did UCOB, I don't know. I felt like UCOB was very straightforward. There's only like a few situations where I as a melee DPS felt like, okay, well, you know, this is, this is intense. It's probably 10 strike and grand octet, I guess were the only times I really felt that way. And then Exaflare is just Exaflare. Talk shit, get hit, I suppose. <laughs> I'll never, be, I'll never get hit by that. That's so easy. <laughs> and then one of them is going to get you at some point with ooh, i don't know as a melee dps i felt a lot more on edge because i felt like uptime was something they wanted to be a lot more key with ultima overall so even though the mechanics i don't necessarily think were that insanely more difficult or more or even easier more difficult to execute i like that they were testing how well you could do those things without giving you a break which is something that they didn't really do with uh with bahamut all that much you know the point where you need the most DPS, they give you the least mechanics. The points where you don't, they kind of feed it to you in a way that's super digestible, I guess, is, is the way I like to put it the most. I, I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. Like you, the, the more damage you push in Ultima, the easier life's going to be for you later. Um, and they give you enough avenues you know, in, in the phases compared to, say, Unending Coil, where you can squeeze out extra points of damage that uh, you know, are going to benefit you later. And there, because of that, yeah, there, there are certain parts, there are certain parts of, of UCOB where melee are just kind of, you know, AFK watching their healers and tanks, hoping that they don't kill the raid. And at least in Ultima, during those points of time, you're at least working on, you know, pumping out as much damage as you can. So, uh, yeah, it's a plus. That's what I liked about it. I was on edge the whole time. <laughs> Only bad thing about it is uh, if you push too much, you... I, I really don't like that 50% push. I really don't yes, like it. I agree. You can totally just mess up your cooldowns for the final phase. And so what happened to us with that is the first time we pushed it like way, way early, I think we pushed it before the holding missile. Um, the summoner, after we, we wiped, we couldn't kill the jail. And afterwards, the summoner went, I didn't have Aetherflow. Pushed it too soon. <laughs> I just didn't get to the cooldown again. And so there was a pain flare missing there. I mean, that being said, though, like, you know, in the, in the old days, you know, the concept of having to hold DPS to get a good push, oh, you know, that, that was like a common thought process, right? You know, that wasn't, yeah. that wasn't so absurd. These days, seven. like, you tell somebody to do that, and they're just going to leave your group. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, it, the option is still there to control your pushes. So, I'm not going to complain too much about it. I think, um, you know, the most ideal time you want to push Ultima into suppression is you want to get an animation lock in the homing missile, because that's when you can burn the most. Uh, and, you know... People are able to control their DPS and have that happen on a consistent basis. So I, I won't complain too much about it. You want to talk about but fights I, that were I, boring for melee DPS about DPS pushing up? We turned Seven Savage right on a silver platter. That's a big one as a melee DPS. That's just. Yeah, I've made this joke on your show before, I think, but like the turn seven for the melee, uh, our monk used to joke about how there's this whole new world behind him that he's just not even aware of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you turn around and you see people kiting Renauds and there's healers dealing with the poisons and and there's voices all over the place and you're just like, oh wow, that looks yeah, cool. This is here. Yeah. That's I'm gonna hit this thing, but you guys look like that's fun. You're having fun. That's yeah. neat. I'll see you in turn eight when I matter. 
All right. <laughs> now you um you brought up like a lot of you brought up the speed of the fight, how it's generally faster than UCOB. Uh and we knew we knew before they uh the devs even said that this was going to be a much faster fight in terms of you know overall time itself. With that, do you feel like they with the fight design and anything else, do you feel like they kind of shoehorned anything in with with the time itself that they had? You mean like pushed it so fast that like they just shoved ideas in there to get it out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um I guess I I guess I'm not understanding. So you're you're asking did they Does did, it, did the fight feel rushed? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, did, did, did there was there anything that felt rushed in the fight? I basically? feel like I feel like they may have rushed development specifically of of Garuda. When you when you go through Yukov, like there's strat there's different strategies to take care of the different mechanics, but it feels like they very carefully constructed exactly how they want you to do everything. With this, we had people finding out, you know, waking Garuda early, waking Garuda late, all these different patterns for the chart. I feel like it was, maybe it was just by design less rigid, but specifically with waking up Garuda, it feels like something that I just didn't, I wouldn't expect them to miss after all these years. I feel like they're past the days of missing things like that. And yet it happened here, like it used to happen in the old days. The Garuda thing was a pretty glaring oversight. I'm kind of surprised that that they let it happen. I mean, it seems pretty obvious. But um, at the end of the day, it's in the in the grand scheme of the encounter, it's a pretty small uh, oversight uh, for like the larger effect on the fight. Um, mm -hmm. I think the bigger oversight, and I'm sure that uh, most people would agree, is, and I don't know if this is a product of them rushing anything. It might be, but uh, the fact that Crimson Cyclones and Predation, the second Crimson Cyclones, deal half damage, allowed for you know. A very 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 easy to execute cheese strategy where you just shield the damage if those crimson cyclones did the same damage as the you know single crimson cyclone that goes out before them you don't have that strategy so to me that seemed like a pretty brainless oversight and it's just them not having uh the foresight to see what was going to happen um, speaking of which we also consider completely mitigating landslides since you can uh, if you don't take any damage, you also skip the yeah. knockback. If you zero them out, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they do like 30, 30, 35,000, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah, that was, yeah, I think uh, we've had the same conversation. Yeah. Well, for me, um, after now a couple, like a week after it, <clears throat> um, I do feel that the primals are a little bit underrepresented. I know that it's like approximately eight minutes of the fight, and that Ultima is six minutes, but uh, they feel a, a little bit too mini for me, like too small, too short. Um, I would have loved more effort, more Titan, especially more Titan. I think, I think like a five-minute Titan phase instead of like two and a half what we have now, approximately if you push now you're it. Saying this you're saying this with Woken Primals or just their regular forms or both? I guess the whole phase. Oh, yeah, the like whole Like the phase. whole phase, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. They are just like... I know that they come back later on, but you're not like actually fighting them individually. Um, right. Talking of which, an ad phase would have been really sick where all three of them are on the field, but I guess they didn't want to do it. I don't kind think of it's... reminiscent to Nail and... Um... Yeah, 
Nailing and I, I, I think I think that's where they cut down the time. I feel like if if there was no feedback about making the fight shorter, that's something they probably would have done. But that's probably come on, LA. That's probably <laughs> that's all right. Waiting for it. Come on, rush hour. There you go. Uh, I have a feeling that's where they cut back was specifically in a in a phase where you fight everything at once. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, I did, I think we all predicted there would be like a phase where you actually exercise them out of Ultima and that's instead represented at the end where each of them kind of does their super attack as well as one mechanic and they're not even exercised. They just, he's just like, all right, well that didn't work. So here's Citadel Siege assholes. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, think, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to repeat. I was going to repeat. I think the thing that I was probably shocked by in terms of, uh, but, but I understood because of the fight duration that they were trying to hit. Um, I thought that uh, La Habrea was a bit underrepresented. Um, I was expecting uh, there to be, you know, a stronger emphasis on a phase between the three primals and Ultima. And I think before, you know, people were data mining the patch and, and whatnot, um, I was expecting, yeah, sort of like a, you fight the three primals individually and then you have a phase for Ultima where you fight all three of them on the same map. And then Ultima makes his entrance and, like, you know, just like the cutscene in a story, you know, takes them and bites Groot's head off and stuff. Uh, so when I saw that La Habrea was the actual uh, thing happening in the interim between the Primals and Ultima, I was expecting a full flushed out phase, but we just got some, you know, a quick little 30 second cameo. So uh, that, that was probably my surprise. I mean, the only two things La Habrea did both were either instant kill or a million damage. So you'd think he'd maybe want to represent himself a little bit more going <laughs> forward. The original La Habrea, like didn't do anything either, though. That, that's the problem. They, they right. would have had to, you know, make up a bunch of abilities, give him like a bunch of new mechanics that didn't exist previously. Mm-hmm. He really didn't do anything in the story. He, he only did like this uh, Shadow Flare thing, that, that black puddle, and the cone knockback on the tank. Yeah, and honestly, I forgot that he, I don't, I'm going to guess you went in there before this happened, before this came out, because I don't know how you remember that, in all honesty, <laughs> after five years. Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah go ahead. I, I'm just doing a lot of main story relates. <laughs> we took our entire static to Praetorio. <laughs> See, that makes sense. I, have, I just... have many story mode recordings. That's unfortunate. That's... <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm, talking of which, I, I I'm really sad those match tech bits didn't come back. Like I, I was really glad they did. I hate those. Things. I mean, looking at uh, the the story mode Ultima and the hard mode, those dances with the match tech bits they, that they could have done at least. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. We were oh. expecting like untargetable bits that had just persisted yeah. throughout the fight. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I could totally imagine a ton of stuff. I don't. I don't know that it necessarily would, because when I when I think of the Magitek bits, I think more of Gaius's involvement. Because Ultima is not Magitek. Ultima is is Allegan, whereas Magitek is Garlean technology. So the I so uh, what him using it always seemed more of a, like more of a Gaius thing, to me. And Gaius isn't represented here at all. So the fact that they were present, period, kind of just felt like a callback to the old Ultimas and less of a. You know, this is something we're going to use a lot. And same with Etheric Boom later. Like, in in hard mode, Etheric Boom is something he constantly does. Like, he does it three times, 50, 30, and 15% or something like that. And here, he just gives you the one pattern and then makes it involved in Annihilation from the entire time. 
So I feel like it was just about making us see the familiar aspects of Ultima, but that without overplaying the ones that I guess aren't really that thematically difficult. That's how it felt mm-hmm. to me with the bit. I just I didn't care seeing the bits. When I saw Predation the first time, I saw everything on the screen. I went, okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of things i've never seen speaking of predation i've never seen a funnier image for a guide before than the text guide i saw a picture floating on twitter yeah it was funny yeah of all the possible patterns and like how to recognize each safe spot and it's just like you just have all these overlapping and then it's just like see that see that little tiny (laughs) thing it's like off to the that's the safe spot perfect just eat the charge lol I gotta say, the first time like, I was rewatching our, our our proc, and like the first time we saw it, it was just like maniacal laughter. Like, holy shit, that's this and that's that. What are we doing? And then everything going on at the same time. Like, you just heard people laugh. Like, <laughs> it was just crazy. And then, uh, funny story, uh, we had no clue after we figured out that the landslide is not baitable. We had no clue how to do this, so we were like, "Okay, listen, we just we just hyper mitigate. We just put a big adlo on everyone, and then everyone just does something. Just do something. <laughs> Someone's gonna figure something out." Well, what was funny is I started memorizing each and every pattern and where the safe spot was. And there's one where there's Poor two. Soul. <laughs> there's. Yeah. There, the, what I found to be the most annoying pattern was when Garuda, Ifrit, and Ultima were all in a line, and Garuda's close to Ifrit, because then uh, you have to. I found the safest spot was the inside of the wicked cycle, uh, inside of the wicked cyclone, in the yeah. area where Ifrit charged from, because there just wasn't really much a landslide, and everyone's like, "That's fucking stupid. That's never gonna work." So I was like, "All right, you guys do it the way you think is gonna work. I'm gonna do it my way." I fucking lived. They all talked. In that arrangement, um, it actually is uh, kind of it is very discernible where the safe zone is gonna be in that in that specific arrangement. Um, and this is something that you know we kind of practice in Prague. We had a similar situation with Zephyr was describing where you know they just had people fan. You know, you probably had a bunch of conflicting ideas, and you just everybody fan out, do your own thing. If you live, tell us how you live, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And like. Oh, uh, oh I, was, I was just going to say that in, in the, you know, the one thing that I was like really adamant about testing, because we, we had, you know, people with really strong opinions about that, about that predation. Finally, we just said, look, you guys do it your way. Uh, you guys do it your way. Whichever way works better, we'll, 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 we'll see. Um, and the way that I was really like set on is using Garuda's back um, and using Garuda's right. back to find the safe zone. And depending on the way the Titan's landslide goes through Garuda, if you have one going directly through Garuda, that meant directly behind Garuda's back was always going to be safe. If you had like two going to the sides of Garuda, that meant Garuda's wings are always going to be safe. And for every arrangement but one, that was working. So I was like really, really stoked because I thought we had figured it out. And then there's one really bad arrangement where it just <laughs> totally does not work. So that's when we just started shielding. Yeah, we also had like multiple uh, ideas at the same time, like some people were saying okay like maybe we should just stand behind Garuda and then mitigate the landslide some others were saying okay maybe you should just stand in front of Titan mitigate the landslide uh, some others were like okay maybe you should stand on Ifrit or like outrange the dynamo which was like after all like that was the correct solution but we just also tried many things and then you know went with it 
Yeah, Iron Predation was probably the most fun to figure out just because it's literally just you're trying to avoid getting hit once unless you're doing the Crimson Cyclone strat. And just when it's all on the screen at once, it just doesn't look possible for the most part. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen anything that's looked as impossible on my screen for so many hours as getting all eight people through Predation alive. And even every time I even once we have it figured out, we're doing this Crimson Cyclone Mitigate thing, I'm still thinking to myself the whole time, like, this could go really poorly very quickly. <laughs> Just looking around at everything. <laughs> like, someone's too close to Ultima, someone's too, someone gets hit by an Ifrit charge because they didn't realize where he was, like, anything. I feel like the cheese strat would be okay if it would uh, increase the Ether Gauge by one every time a person gets hit by something in that phase. That's a, yeah, I think that's a good good solution. Um, that would actually be nice. So you could choose to cheese it, but ultimately mean that you have a tighter DPS check. I think that would have been nice. I, I, I always just try. I kind of try to survive it now, but I, don't, I also don't want to be the one idiot who got hit trying to be the hero, and then we're down two seconds at the end of the fight, so... <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I look around and go, all right, am I conforming or not? I'm conforming. Got it. All right. I like to, I don't like being hit. And besides, at this point, the only way to get a lower execution rating is to not get hit there to crit Adlo the whole thing. So I kind of want to not get hit there. Oh, it's all about the execution ranking, man. Yo, listen, that was we got we got the top execution ranking. That's all we're gonna that's what we're gonna get. That's our claim to fame. Nobody died to Citadel seats. I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what. You can have it. Just bring an Astro. You won't even make it. To, you won't even see Citadel seats. You just bring an Astro. Like after after having enough experience. That's it. Just bring an Astro. You won't even get to, to fucking 100 Ether with that. I'm confident. I, think, I, I mean, with good pulls from everyone, I think it, regardless. Of, well, maybe not regardless of comp, but I think a wide variety of comps can can skip the stuns if you have a good pull from everyone at this point. I don't know. That, that's the enraged discussion is probably a topic for a later time in the show. But yeah, like I said, we're just bouncing around. It's free form. After the stress that was Ultima, the last thing I, we need is a fucking super strict show about anything. I don't. I don't want it. I, I don't want it. Okay, so since we since we don't have really a design like flow or anything, even though we do kind of have a flow. Yeah. I want to. I want to talk about this real quick because I've already I've already talked about it with Mike, but in the beginning. The first day of Prague. How did y'all feel when you knew that y'all were doing it wrong, aka doing it right? Fucking bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were that- all uh, at this. We were all like, "What the fuck? Oh look, she's broken. Oh wait, this is good. This is good. There's something new going on. Wait." There's a tornado? There's a dynamo? What the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, that was the first reaction on Garuda, at least. Um, I think the troll was really well made because you need to consider even though you get the Doom and you kind of know what a Doom does if you play this game and you, you're like, okay, we need to cleanse it in some way. Um but it's actually not a cleansable debuff. So, you know, okay, there's, there's got to be another mechanic behind it. And the the troll that I don't see men- being mentioned a lot of times, but 
you need to remember it. The cast before it, the down to the count thing, it drops your HP to one. And so far in this game, every time when your HP gets dropped to one, it yeah. means either be full HP before or be full HP after. So there's like the first, like that's, it's just a really good troll how the designer used mechanics from previous raids and just completely flipped this to lead us like somewhere else. Like we, we were all thinking, okay, so maybe we need to heal us up, top us off in those seven seconds. Didn't work. And then you're like, okay, what now? <laughs> and then like you try all kinds of things like maybe you stand at the edge of the arena, maybe walk into the wall, maybe don't look at him. Walking to the wall is my favorite one. It's like, yeah, just if you're dead, then it can't kill you, right? So I, I have a counterpoint to that because, uh, and we know, we know, you know, now that uh, it is possible to top up without the healer LB in between the time for the count and the doom. Um, I think Zephyr's team even did that. Uh, we we didn't actually ever get to trying that, but it was something we talked about. Um, but it is possible to you know fully heal with enough with enough uh, healing cooldowns. Um, and I'm wondering. If it if if it didn't even go that far, and they actually didn't anticipate players to be able to heal up in between the down for the count and the doom, so maybe on their end, them dropping you to one HP is supposed to incite healer will be to the players. Maybe maybe they were trying to give the hint of hey, your HP is really low. You really need a healer will be at this point. I'm wondering I'm wondering if they didn't expect players to be able to heal up and even even consider that as a possibility. Yeah, maybe it was the the way of thinking this. Um, what we also tried was like, uh, what if you hyper mitigate this so you don't take so you take zero damage so that the debuff is not applied. That's what we also tried, but didn't work. <laughs> so yeah, went through uh, all this. Went through all this. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, <laughs> like in order to test all those things, you didn't really have to awaken all the primals. You just now, unless you were testing, uh, you know, the healer will be. You just need to get there, and getting through the unawakened primals wasn't necessarily difficult. So mm -hmm. uh, that, that was the only fortunate thing about it. The the last solution before we made it to before we scrapped the entire idea and then uh, went ahead and tried to overcharge the primals. Um, it was send one healer into the wall. Uh, let the give them a rest. Let the match attack bits explode as the healer is resing. Rest the, avoid the doom. Yeah. Rest the next healer as the first healer who just got rest accepts, like, is resing, right? And he's getting the doom. Rest the next healer. Then healer will be. And maybe that was the way how they wanted us to do it. And, There's just uh, no way that they would design that as but the wall instant kills you. Have, I do, listen, I was streaming the whole thing. The number of times I read, have you tried killing the healer and resing them so that way they don't have to... The number of times I read that I was like, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> like, I, it's just, everyone was just obsessed with that being the idea. I was like, that's not gonna be it. This was before well, we knew about Woken. It so good on paper. No, it doesn't though. <laughs> it does. Like when you really think, like as he was explaining, I'm like, you know, that actually under normal circumstances would work. No, I mean, yeah, it would work under a normal circumstance, but it's not. They've never designed something to be done that way. 
on purpose. I mean, after this, I'm gonna expect anything in the future, at least. That's true. <laughs> it's true. You it's actually just... have to expect the crazy at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the cool thing about this fight in total, in general, is um, in Savage or in Yukop, whenever there is some sort of patterns or RNG. Or like whether let's say like there's when there's some sort of RNG, you always wonder is there some pattern behind this? Is there some logic behind it? And most of the times, it's just plain simple RNG. For example, the um, demonic stone in O six S, for example, like you were like, okay, maybe maybe this is enmity base, like maybe this is that. Maybe you have to stand close to the to the to the clone. And after all this time, it's just. RNG, that's it. And in this fight, behind everything, there's logic. And this is what I really love about the fight. And uh, going forward, I would love if they continue this, putting logic behind everything. The one takeaway you can have from this fight, with the exception of the Garuda and Predation oversights, is that everything exists for a reason in the fight. There's there's very, very little that they, like. Yep. I guess, overlooked in terms of mechanics. Um, the big one that stand that stood out to me the most is the, the purple tethers and annihilation. You know, the first time you're going through annihilation, they're very peculiar because they don't really do anything. They don't tell you anything. All the, for all you know, the first time you're going through annihilation is they just tell you that you suck and you got hit by an orb. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's that's literally what we left annihilation doing suppression frog thinking that purple tethers just tell you who sucks, and maybe they're a visual indicator to, to determine like how much AP you gave them or something. But you can't take that approach. You can't. You can't be that lazy. You have to dig deeper and and really, really, really break down why something is there now. Everything is there for a reason. You know that. Yeah. I think the Garuda oversight is really the only thing that you can say that doesn't that isn't there for a reason. And uh, man, I, I I remember for me, other than figuring out the orb and annihilation, which we didn't even know until we saw a kill video because we still hadn't really made it through suppression without being two people alive and the orb spawning go, Ho, oh, we, at least we know how to do that. Cause it's the same as hard mode. And then you just realize, no, you don't. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like shut the fuck up. You have no idea. It, in, in terms of the an annihilation orbs, uh, our first thought when as one of the tanks got hit cause they flew at them. Um, okay. When there's a tether, it indicates who it's gonna target next. That was our first first thought, wasn't it? And then uh, we later on just dodged them, but apparently some people didn't dodge them, which is, ironically speaking, good that they did not dodge them, <laughs> because only because yep. people didn't dodge the mechanic, and and at the time thinking they failed, only because them failing. Well, you're thinking them failing. You're actually able to figure out the mechanic, because when we reached fusion burst, we were like, okay, the, the first time we saw zero tethers, second time we saw a mini tether, third time we saw two a, a long a, a, like a two long tether and a mini tether, and then we had like all sorts of theories like, okay, we need to get pushed right through the center of them to like knock them away from each other. Then uh, one other approach was, okay, 
four quadrants, um, A2 players, and then you get pushed into that quadrant. The orb gets linked to the player, and then you have to pull them apart as you walk away from each other. I didn't go that far. Yeah. Okay. Was, I'm just. Was, I can. I can see the whiteboard behind you. Yeah. Um. That was. That was one thought. And then. Uh, that the, was the final the thought. The final thought was okay. Maybe if you pull the boss north, like just further into the like outside of the arena, uh, the orbs away from Ultima, these spawns further away from each other. That was the final thought. Until okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Is it those fucking ethoplasm from annihilation? Oh, it's actually them. That was that was just like you totally did not expect such a big troll so late into the fight, and it was just really good as well. I mean, there's I feel like there's a lot of that. I remember first figuring out how to wake Garuda, right? Uh, regardless of which method you did it, and using the thermal uh, the thermal low stacks. You then think back to Yukov and about how Twintanya and Nail were there and their mechanics are there. And you notice that all that there's still a bunch of people with Thermal Low. And we, when we were first doing it, we just had everyone stack up for two and the people who need to feed fed. So when we were doing that, I'm like, we're going to pay for this later, aren't we? <laughs> like, we're not going to be able to bring two stacks of Thermal Low per person into Ultima. It's, something's going to go wrong. And then the first time you see the Meso, low t- uh, the meso High Tether, you're like... All right, that's it. Back to Garuda, guys. We got to change it up. We got to figure out what we're doing different. And yeah, now, I guess. No, keep going. Go, guess, go, go. I guess that's another slight oversight, you could call it. That um, at the end of the fight, you still have. I think we have two melees that still have two stacks. And, yeah. They're, uh, they're, the Meso High yeah. Tethers like, didn't add up. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it adds up to. I guess it. I'm trying to think of what they would have intended because clearly you need four people. I, I'm I'm assuming what they thought is you need four people to do the two stack, and then you need three people in the later phase. But that's not that's not eight. Like then why? Um, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't think the main I, tank. I can't think. I, I what I should have, but I would have done um, to and um, to force the players to do the meta, the mechanic completely to the edge, like absolutely complete. Like, no player finishes this fight with a sack. Um, when Gawuda spawns in the final phase, uh, she also, or like, also Spiny Plum spawns, or like just the, um, this bubble where you, where you get the wind buff. Um, this bubble should have spawned, and you, and this should have been the only way to mitigate her, her final AV. Um, so if you walk into that with two stacks, you would have literally obliterated your group. So you should you could only walk into this bubble if you had no stacks to mitigate the AOE. I wonder if they left it open just for sake of flexibility, like in case something went wrong and you needed another person to do it as opposed to asking for absolute perfection. Because that's that's kind of the thing. With, with Ultima, there's a lot of parts where someone can die and you can pick it back up. But when you get to that final push, that's where you pay for it, more so than oh, yeah. any other place. So I'm wondering if leaving options open like this like you know we have the predation oversight we have the the thermal lows ending with the, uh, more stacks still left over and people i wonder if that's that's part of that because knowing that you know if you have those extra people with extra whatever if they need to cover for something you're going to pay for it one way or the other 
because it probably means you made a mistake elsewhere. That, that entire last six minutes is pretty brutal. There's a couple ways they could have ended like the fight with zero stacks and people. Oh, there's plenty of ways they could have done it. They have complete mm -hmm. control over how many stacks go out to the group. I'm trying to think, um, it, it's a little bit hard to like kind of map it out in my head, but I'm wondering if they actually just took away the two stacks that Spiny Plume gives at the beginning of the fight. I'm wondering if that actually forces you because you have to cleanse the additional player there. Um, you know, you, you'll 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 get hit by the frictions, obviously. And, uh, you'd have to send in the at least three of the five players there. They got, they got two stacked by the friction. And that would leave you with five players left to finish the fight. And I'm trying to map up the fight in my head and see if that works. You'd have the two Miso High Tethers. Yeah, I think it actually does, because then you have the two Miso High Tethers from the uh, yeah. uh, the ending of the phase. And then you have the um, uh, the, the two in Annihilation and then the one during Suppression. Actually, so, yeah, go ahead. I think... The way how they actually wanted us to do it is that you kill the spiny plume before it gives two stacks to the tank. So he only has one. And then with those two stacks from the melees, you could uh, awaken her early if they, like, if, if you couldn't awake her later on. Well, the thing is, the sooner you kill the spiny, the less time you have, like, you barely have any time after friction. Like, killing it at, getting the two stacks on the off tank is barely even like oh we need to do this to make sure we wake her early it's like if you don't kill it that late after the second stack yeah, goes out uh, then... that's true the timing of the, the like your, your cleansing window actually doesn't work mm -hmm. if you if you have to wait until the spiny like if you, if you kill it so fast that the tank doesn't get any stacks so i i really just feel like unless i'm crazy if you just take away the stacks that the spiny plane gives to the tank it just kind of works out but i don't know i could be, mm -hmm. I could be wrong yeah, about yeah, it's weird all the way. I think that they wanted a little bit of flexibility there. I, I, I think that's that's all it is. I don't think they wanted that one to be executed down to the T because everything else you need to do needs to be down to the T anyway. Worrying about you carrying a stack over from the beginning. They just want to make sure you have enough. Not that, you I know. Mean, I mean, doesn't this go back to, uh, you know, set up early on? Kind of like what UCOB had. It was like... you. You set yourself up for failure if you fucked up a fucking um Neuralinks? Yeah, the Neuralinks. Neuralink, yeah. Neuralinks weren't nearly like neural moving a Neuralink isn't quite the same as I feel repositioning those thermal lows or or something mm -hmm. or, or going back and comparing it to annihilation with the orb. I feel like putting those down, it's like, all right, well, we didn't move the boss enough, or we just need to move it a little bit more or whatever. It doesn't right. And with the way the fight naturally pans out, with the way the hatches explode and everything, you kind of get an idea of the way you want them anyway. Like, immediately, the, mm -hmm. almost every group I know immediately made a triangle without even thinking about it. Like, mm -hmm. And it just ended up being like, where do we want this triangle exactly? So This is an interesting point that was just brought up in chat that I think actually holds a lot of water. Um, because of the fact that they were clearly wanting us to awaken Bruta early, right? You need enough time to get all four stacks in. And... In order to do that, you're going to need to leave your spiny plume up for quite a bit longer than you know maybe most groups are right now. I think most groups are killing spiny, only allowing time for three stacks right now. I know that the way that we do the fight, there's no way we could get a, we could get a fourth uh, fourth stack with the spiny plume dying where we're killing it. Um, leaving the spiny plume alive long enough to where the tank actually does go up to three stacks, uh, you know that would mean your ta that tank is eliminated from it taking any meso highs later. Um, but if you remove that tank from the rotation, that's that's all. You, that's that's every player having interacted with Mesohide throughout the fight, and and 
that might actually be what they wanted us to do. That one tank at the beginning holds Spiny Plume so long that he completely removes himself from the from the clen from the uh, from the rotation, and then you're only interacting with uh, the remaining seven players for the rest of the fight. And I think that that actually finishes the fight with zero stacks. So the only concern with that is if they intended you to wake her up early, you'd need to throw four people into that orb early on, Correct. which leaves you and, now and with... in order to do that, you have to leave the spiny up long enough to, uh, you know, be able to go after the frictions. I think, I think that's actually probably what... Here's, here's the problem with that. With those four people getting rid of their stacks, they have no more ways to get stacks, right? Correct. Yeah. Two more. Two more people lose their stacks at the end of the Garuda phase. The thirty-six people gone. There's only one left. Oh, let me see. Oh, okay. Um, four. Yeah, you'd have three. You'd only have one person by the time you got done with Garuda. Yeah. Well, you can. You can that's, an, on. Uh, that's that's assuming you don't blow at least one person up with a two stack at the, at the other part. Even if you blew up one person with a two stack, if you went three, two, three, that's still eight. <laughs> You could blow up a person with zero stacks and use an ultimate. You could do that. You could do that technically, but all, all the same, I, still missing, yeah. I feel like no matter how you work it out, none of it, none of it seems to be the intended route. I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the way the situation I was describing doesn't work. You're right. Yeah. Um, it's something interesting to think about. Uh, I I do kind of want to try to figure out what they were. What they what they were really wanting us to do there, because they've already gone on record saying, you know, just for anybody who's listening who's unaware, the reason we're even talking about this is because they have specifically said in an interview that it was an unintended method for us to awaken Gruda as late as possible. Um, so I'm just really curious to sort of wrap my brain around what they actually intended us to do there. Sit down and have a talk. Wondering, um, possibly I'm wondering the. The super cyclone doing suppression causes the feather lances to die, right? Correct. Yeah. Does that also happen on if you awake Gouda early? Does that happen on those feather lances as well? Because we no... never really tried it. We only had tank ultimates at the time. To my knowledge, they, I mean, I haven't spent a ton of time with an early woken Gouda, but from what I saw, the feather lances just uh, they zip to the middle and they just explode yeah. in the middle. They, they, they. Um, There's nothing else there's... to like, interact there. Unless you maybe you, oh no, I guess they I guess create a safe zone, and then you like have to. Well, there's two ways to do it. Either you like at least what we did. Uh, either you stand in that safe zone that they create uh, in the center, or as they move in, you move out. Like it's kind of like the tornado with radiant plumes and uh, before suppression. But I've been wondering if you do the super cycling correctly there, if that actually causes the feather lances to drop as well. So the only way to get a super cycle in there would be to have a spiny plume bubble, right? Because I don't, there's no Miso highs interacting there, right? At that, at that uh, point, isn't that one just before? So I, I, I've done, I'm done a full Garuda Featherlance phase. Okay, please so, educate us, please. Um, so they actually don't spawn in a perfect uh, square slash diamond pattern in the early phase. They spawn in a trapezoid pattern, almost like Ifrit's uh, nail. So that yeah. actually is a safe spot. Yeah. So. Um, I we uh they they go to the middle of regardless of how you handle those super cyclones because they uh they okay. they explode they they explode they explode <laughs> we we got we got shit on pretty hard when we tried doing it so uh it was not a good time in other words nothing about Garuda's phase makes sense and we probably won't make sense of it <laughs> I'm just saying that's how I feel about it I don't know about you guys. 
I'm just going through all these different cleansing scenarios in my head, just trying to map things out. I'm just lost in cleanses right now. That's going to make a great topic for one of your podcasts. Maybe. Call, I mean, call it the call it the thermal low. <laughs> That'd be a pretty good episode. Just just a two hours dedicated to thermal low. And like, <laughs> just just get one of those digital whiteboards and just start drawing out the way you think. Maybe Man, that, would be a, that would be a hard two hours to fill. Dude. I, would, I I could go for maybe twenty minutes and then I'd be out of ideas. I don't know. I feel like we're going pretty good so far. <laughs> just take this audio and you'll 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 be good to go. Uh, I know the the whole topic of this is talking about how. I guess they troll you. I don't know. For me, while the Annihilation was probably at the top and the Thermal Lows thing was like, we were sure we were going to get screwed. I remember figuring out that the Ifrit Nails death order affected the charges was a pretty big point where we were just like... You fucked me up with that one, fam. I was just... I I looked at the way they were laid out and I looked back at the nails. I looked at the way they were laid out. I looked back at the nails. I went, no. They didn't. That can't be it. That's bullshit. Sure enough, guys, kill them in this exact order. Go to the go to the clip. Oh no, the sons of bitches! And then Woken Woken Ifrit's his own deal. He just does whatever the fuck he wants. Just get good at the game, I guess. I feel like with the way that I mean, if you go through that phase, kind of yoloing the nails and just making sure that you don't, you know, kill them too close to each other. Um, the way that the dashes are presented, there are some formations that are just like nearly impossible to live um there's there's like very little else in that phase for you to look at right it's just the only other thing you can really look at is nails so i think that that's like the one thing that you know while you know was a really cool interaction it's the one thing that like you could draw a pretty uh intuitive connection with like the titan thing was not intuitive in the slightest i feel um that the, with the titan jills you know sort of chain cha- uh, chain reacting off each other you, you the only way you catch that is if you just happen to see it in a vod like you happen to see one of the jills exploding uh you know early and the fact that it exploded and you, and you didn't even touch it you know it, that to me is is much less intuitive than like something that they designed for the nails Yeah, I'm not sure. Sorry, I keep muting my mic on the live stream because I got a very urgent email that I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with in between my thoughts. Uh, so my apologies if it looks like I'm zoning out. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just um, elements like that. That's I think it just felt, the whole fight just felt like it was such a well put together troll. Like they wanted you to just think you were so fucking smart. Like, yeah, we got through Garuda. We got through Ifrit. We got through Titan. We're already here. This shit's going to be dead today. Reality check. Slow your roll. <laughs> that was actually how I thought as well. They were like, already nine minutes in. Can this be real? Uh... Yeah, dude, this ultimate <laughs> this ultimate phase must be really fucking hard. If only I could reach it. I keep dying to this doom. I don't, I don't know what's going oh, yeah, on. I, I think absolutely no one expected Ultima to immediately transition into the, the new form. I think no one in the world did. That was kind of cool. I think it, I think it fits pretty well though, because eventually, when you you realize, I mean, when, if he's going to absorb woken primals, he's going to be woken. Like he's gonna he's gonna be woken fast. I and, know. And it fits 
in the sense that basically the whole Ultima phase is the equivalent of the Golden Bahamut phase where you are with with Golden Bahamut. That's the first time where you're really on the clock for, you know, get to business because you're, you're running out of time with Ultima. That's his whole phase. It's basically a giant Golden Bahamut phase, but it's asking you to be perfect for six minutes instead of three approximately. And I feel like it's very fitting for him to transform that quickly, especially how he looks by the time he actually gets to Citadel Siege. I am. We were actually wondering the entire fight as well. Um, what what happens when the when the Ether Gauge goes to one hundred? First time we saw it was on a fucked up suppression, and then uh, we saw like, oh, the arena changes. What the fuck is this? He gets a damage buff? What is this? What's going on? And then our first reaction was, okay, so is this just a damage buff? Is this it? Like, just damage buff? No way. Yeah, big troll at the end. Citadel Siege. <laughs> so, I don't like, so every, obviously the, the fight got data mined all hell, just as every other fight in this game does. Spoiler, if you're unaware. Um, and there's a, there's a buff called True Self. I don't know where that exists in the patch. Um, but, you know, it had an icon that looked very Heidelin-like. So when we went in the fight, we were expecting, you know, the buff True Self to make an appearance and, you know, just be another golden style buff. And when we first saw, you know, the damage buff from Ultima and stuff, we just assumed, okay, well, we're going to get True Self at some point and our, our True Self buff is going to counteract the buff that Ultima gets and it's just going to be a brawl. Um, but I, I think it actually is an ability from a different scenario. Yeah, that that true self is, was already in in four point two, I think, or four point three. Yeah, I think I think uh, you know just just misinformation on our part. But um, seeing the blue room for the first time was, and you, you know most people probably saw it kind of early because uh, if you're if you're messing up annihilation suppression quite a bit, it's not not necessarily too difficult to get to a hundred gauge. <laughs> I think we got there yeah, with a uh, healer LB and then the Ultima cast right after killed all, everyone off again, which is where we saw like 100 Ether Gauge and was like, oh. What's, gr what's great about the Ether Gauge is um, a lot of people had a question about the ability named Sabik. And for anyone who doesn't know, it's actually the name of the finale of Citadel Siege where he actually wipes out all existence. I don't know if you noticed, but the entire arena is inside of a citadel siege. <laughs> as, as he forms Aether, the, the same shell that he, like, consumes people in in citadel sieges, that little tiny, mm. like, ball thing is actually what the entire arena is around. So I have mm. a feeling that, that you're inside the heart of Sabik in some way, and that you're inside of this giant... That's why he can just absorb you. He's just like, well, you're already fucking here, so come on. <laughs> Get in here. <laughs> Get in here. Just a fun little, just a fun little detail that I felt like throwing in there. There's, there's a lot of things I think we had expectations for this fight, and I think that's why UCOB ended up being 20 minutes because they just let those ideas go rampant, and this one was a little bit more in check. Like, all right, it's rain, it's raining in only 16 minutes this time, guys. It's only 16. Yeah. I kind of wish they hadn't told us how long this fight would be. Well, they, um, they just said shorter. They never told they, us that well, it would be they, 16. They on said the a dot. few minutes shorter. Yeah. And uh, I looked at like the average clear times of UCOP. It was approximately 19 minutes, 18 and a half. 
So a few minutes can't be just one, probably two, three. And then uh, I think it kind of, you always go when, like, whenever you reach a new phase, you are like, always like, okay, it's probably going to be around 16 minutes. So you kind of look how far you are away from it. And I think they shouldn't have told us. It would have been more of a surprise, the ending, at least. And I think it should have would been more. Would you have been disappointed, well. though, had they not given you a heads up? I think I would have been disappointed, yeah. Yeah, see, that, that's, I think they were covering their ass. Mm. <laughs> I think this fight could actually have been longer. I, I, I'm not sure how other people feel about it. Oh, but I think... When you, I mean, when you yeah, ask that question, you know, when you ask that question, um, the only other question you can think of is what did they leave out? Like, seriously, what, what did, in terms of just, the, like, the prim, not only the primals, but Ultimate himself, um, was there anything that you missed that was in the original fights that maybe could have had a twist on it in Ultimate that they could have added for, you know, padding, time padding, I guess? I mean, uh, as I said earlier, I think, like, an ad phase would have been cool. Like, mm-hmm. where they actually, like, where you have to kill them off each what year, like, each of one of them. Mm-hmm. I was expecting um, an ad phase where, like, the ad phase where, like, similar to Yukob, where they spawn again with lower HP. I was expecting that as well. And as you kill them, uh, Ultima jumps in, absorbs them, and jumps out again. I was expecting that. Um, yeah, it would have been cool if uh, the order in which like you feed Ultima the primals would have changed anything. That would be, but that would have been cool as well. Yeah. That would have made it like the greatest encounter of any game ever, I feel like. Yeah. It reminds me almost of turn two. Killing them in the right order to to affect the oh. way the final boss actually uh, attacks yeah. you and whatnot. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Except for the elegant rock guy they hid in the back. That guy's an asshole. Nobody likes him. Wasn't worth it anyway. Um, for I don't know for for that. I think really the ad phase is the one thing. Like like I said earlier, Magitek bits. Yeah, I affiliate them with the Ultima fight, but they're way more on the on the the Gaius spectrum of of involvement and way less on the ultima spectrum because of the difference in technology um i mean the airships even they only use the airships once you know that's 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 another thing yeah um and i don't know like proximity aoe's are i don't find proximity aoe's that interesting personally it'd be really weird for one of those things to come crashing down in that arena in particular (laughs) just just Mm -hmm. my two cents i just we would have had to have made it like if they if it was everything I could imagine, it would be like a twenty eight minute fight. So that's that's why I don't re- do like, these. And that's a loaded question. Would you really want that long of a fight? No. Yes, it's an ultimate encounter. And while some people do want a longer fight, would you want one that long? Seriously. Well, what I've been thinking, uh, do we really need that long of an RP phase? That um, RP phase is really long. It's really long, especially if you add up the time with Lahapwea. I think if you... Let's pretend the fight was 18 minutes, right? So we add two more minutes on top, and then we 
make the RP phase instead of RP where you cannot fight and have no mechanics happening, a phase where you have minor mechanics happening at the same time and where you're actually still fighting. The like let's say you kill Gabuda off and Ultima spawns and does the cutscene where he eats Gabuda. Meanwhile, you're still fighting Titan and Ifrit. Something see, like this. See, I, I, I had a feeling when I before the fight came out, I thought he was gonna eat each primal as you beat them. I did think that was gonna happen, yeah. something something mm -hmm. akin to that. Um, and then I figured that when they were being expelled would be when you'd have your ad phase. I figured you'd have Ultima on the field the whole time, but that like one by one, almost, um, a eight Savage style where, you know, the first part is on a timer for each of the ads coming down. Like that's how I imagined it happening. Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't know in my brain, I didn't know how to get from that to a super Ultima, but I, in, I guess with super Ultima right from the get go would have made a little more sense, but, uh, I guess if he loses them, he's not super Ultima anymore. So that's why they didn't actually ever have him expel all the primals. Because then he has no ether anymore, and he's just the pathetic one that we've been fighting. <laughs> yeah, that's what. That's actually what we've been expecting as well. That you're gonna punch the primals out of him again. Didn't happen. I mean, that was a pretty iconic part of the original Ultima. So you know, they they do try to pay homage to the more iconic parts of these fights. Uh, so, I wouldn't say I was disappointed that I didn't see it, but I was surprised that we didn't see it. I was, I was surprised. Yeah, I, no, I was, I was pretty surprised. I feel like there, there was definitely more elements I could have drawn up. But man, it's just, it just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. It just <laughs> keeps getting a longer the fight. Every time I think of something they could have done, and a fight, it's not like no, take this other thing away. I'm like, no, yeah, the fight just gets longer if they do. And that's why the first fight was 20 minutes. That's why 19 minutes, more accurately, for Yuka. That's why it ended up that way, because they just let that happen. They said, yeah, fuck it. What ideas do you guys got? Come on. What are the best ones? We'll throw them all in. If they take away the RP phase in Ultima, though, it becomes a savage encounter. Like, it's a 14 and a half minute fight at that point. Um, that's, that's you know, a savage end boss. That's, uh, that's a manipulator. That's, um, that's, a, that's a Bahama Prime. Uh, I think that... For all intents and purposes, you can call both weapon link, ultimate weapons links, uh, savage links, because in RP phase, it's just an art, it's just an artificial link center. Yeah. Um, I would probably have preferred if they were going to go. So they, they have that there to obviously, they obviously have that there to normalize your cooldowns. You know, it's a ninety second difference between Titan dying and you know ultimate weapon spawning. That, that normalizes your ninety second cooldowns. It gives you time to you know, orchestrate your three minutes to line up. Um, if they're gonna go that route, what I would have preferred, and I'm trying, you know, we we are being critical of the fight, but we should also remind people listening that this was a really good fight, and we all really love this fight. Um, but if I if I were to be critical, if you're gonna do an RP phase like that, don't let us just be AFK for it. If you want us to reset our cooldowns and sort of get everything normalized again, have 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 an intermission dance going on. Make us be actually act actively doing something, because. I don't think I'm the only one that literally went to my fridge and got a drink and a soda <laughs> during the RP phase. Like, I'm pretty sure someone in my static used the restroom once during the RP phase. <laughs> it's it's that long, and you literally don't have to be at your keyboard for it. And I feel like if I was going to be critical of something, I want to be critical of that. Uh, it's 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 
extremely long. But on the other hand, um, the quote-unquote intermissions between Gouda, Ifrit, and Titan are really short. So I think what they kind of expected was, okay, we just throw Gouda, Titan, Ifrit at them really quickly. So they have no time to... Yeah, give no breather at all. And then in that intermission, give them a breather, let them chill for a bit, and then throw ultimate them. Which is fine. But I think I'd have no problem with the breather if the breather didn't mean the fight was only a 14 and a half minute. Break. Yeah, same. That's why I said, like, maybe add two more minutes on it on top, which yeah. would have been fine. Two more minutes probably before the breather also. Because then yeah. you have the six minutes of, you know, chaos following the intermission. Uh, where you, you really need to, you really need to be focused for ultimate weapon compared to the primals. That was the part that for me was the most stressful. Just all of Ultima, just constantly every mechanic that goes out. I don't know about you guys. I just looked at my party list and I was like, <sighs> "Come on, don't don't die, don't die." Typical don't, melee, dude. Don't die. <laughs> Ow. Well, every time I look away from it, I look back and then I'm disappointed. Doesn't interact with anything. Has no responsibilities. Oh, I hope my team lives. I'm like I'm pressing the buttons. I'm just looking at the team. I like every he's time. He's backup Astro in general, anyways. So <laughs> it's just I'm, I'm I'm I just look at it and I'm just like I'm in the middle of annihilation. I'm like okay, hitting the boss, hitting the boss. Okay, move for Ifrit. Okay, make sure to get by landslide. Move in for that. Don't get too close to the orb. And I'm just looking at the health bar the whole time. Like don't fucking die. Don't fucking die. That's just the whole time. The only thing I'm ever looking at. Because the rest of it's just like, all right, buttons. That's it. I remember the one time I looked away, our fucking tank died to an auto attack right before the Enrage cast started. Here we go. <laughs> I looked away, and then I looked back, and I was like, okay, this is the one. I was super excited. I looked back, and it's like, he's fucking dead? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have healer complaints? I didn't. I didn't say it was the healer. He just died. I didn't expect. No, it. I'm just saying you have healer complaints. That's not a healer complaint. That's a. I didn't expect him to be fucking dead to an auto attack that did thirty five thousand damage. Complaint. Yeah, this shit. Like, if you uh, if you're not raid lead, I would expect this shit from either raid lead or healer. You're melee. Yeah. I expect it. So I get I sad when other people die. <laughs> that's that's right. melee's job. I hit the boss and I get sad when other people die. That's it. That's. That's the end of the, that's the role description. It's in, it's on the official, like, page. The game link page that says, you are melee. Don't read the rest. Just be sad when other people die and hit the boss. <laughs> Those, that's it. That's end list of responsibilities. Meanwhile, the healer one is, like, DPS and heal and manage GCDs and make sure you have cooldowns. Make sure to mitigate. Are, are they going to put that in our tooltips from and, now on? And I'm just, like, mantra. And then I'm just... <laughs> Do you need mantra? Warrior, you need inner... Don't worry. I, I know when your inner releases. You guys need mantra or faint? No? The whole phase is magic damage. Great. I'll see you guys <laughs> later. <laughs> that's that's it for me. It's like... Oh, his auto attacks? His they're all magic. So I'll just mantra whenever. Oh, you don't even really need that because you have your healing planned already. All right. Okay. I'm going to go back to what I was doing then. That's it. <laughs> I'm honest about know. melee life. I'm honest about melee life. Yeah, it's, I would say it's sounds like a monk problem more than anything. But yeah, yeah, you're right. The other ones don't have to worry about mantra. What about samurai? 
they really don't have to worry about they still they they still have faint <laughs> hey faint was high value this this tier oh god y'all are hating on the samurai dude but you put a samurai one no no no, 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 I, no, no, no. I saw I, no, 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 no 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 i saw we that saw fucking, the tweet i saw that fucking we tweet. Saw the tweet. i'm going and getting we saw it right the tweet. Now. so we know where you what you really think about sam's right now which i mean we're not gonna argue against it but at the same time, we're still gonna meme on him a little bit. Samurai versus Jill, one v one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Samurai versus Jill. Oh, good. sorry. I tried. I tried control effing to find to find the exact link, and it, it didn't work. So everyone just heard a, a big old fuck you on Windows. I'm just trying to find the exact Q and A where you fucking. I want to because I want to read it word for word. I mean, I can find tenacity is a valuable stat. Change my mind. I can find stuff about the World Cup. <laughs> I can see. I can see every tweet except for the one where... Oh, no, here it is. There you go. Here it is. Any jobs you feel are very strong slash struggle in Ultima. And uh, Klops' exact response was, Ex uh, Samurai is strong, in all caps. Expert jail snipers. Hit that some bitch with a Gurren Kaiten Madare Shinten, and it's a wrap. Also, all exclamations. Tell your team to back off because that jail is yours. And what happens when the Samurai gets jailed? Layla? Swipe it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no hope. Like, the morale is gone at that point. Just pull the plug. Oh, God. That's it. Like, how, like, how did you feel typing that? Um, tell me how you really felt. I'm just really excited to zone into the Samurai next week. Which, which Is Chia going Samurai? No, dude. I got the katana ready. Oh, no. I want you to know it's not a tank by design. She has been practicing this tank. I'm going to guess you're using your first the first reclear token as the katana. You did that already. I was actually strongly, strongly considering using this week's token on a katana. I like the way that katana looks, man. And my own, I already have the Dark Den and the Warriors, so I would be buying the Paladin this week. Um, I'll probably bitch out and buy the Paladin, but week four, that's a Katana. <laughs> At least he's dedicated to them. If, if he's gonna, if he's gonna say shit like hit that, I play a lot of Samurai actually. Like people don't know that I play a lot of Samurai. When if, if when you're gonna say things like hit that some bitch with a Gurren Kaiten Madare Shinten and it's a wrap, then yeah, I have to have a feeling you're willing to stand up for them a little bit. I look forward to seeing the Klops GG Samurai at FanFest. I'll come fully clothed. Yep. I actually, Take pictures. I'm not looking forward to it as much as you think I am. I'm just not. All right. <laughs> now I gotta get back on track because after reading that sentence, I just it stays with you. Okay, so we've covered almost everything there is about Ultima. We've covered we covered Garuda Titan, uh, Garuda and Ifrit. Titan's where I want to go next because he's the he's kind of <laughs> avoided every topic of conversation thus far and he's probably the biggest asshole in the fight i'm gonna Hardest ask the i'm gonna ask you two how you feel about them jails because i've got some emotions about those jails and i'm very willing to get those out but 
I just I want to hear first thoughts, reactions, planning. How 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 did those jails go down for you? I'll, I'll let Zeb kick this one off. Uh, well, first of all, we we actually went to bed. Uh, so when that was discovered, how to do it, we figured it out from a stream and then catched up and went ahead. Uh, but I gotta say. While Garuda and Ifrit, for me personally, are like chill mode, where I usually like put on something on my second monitor and then, you know, just chill for a bit. Those Titan jails, is that only time where my heart rate goes up to like 200 beats per minute? And then I'm like, don't fuck this up, don't fuck this up, don't fuck this up, don't fuck this up. I, mean, I would go so far to say it's the most stressful part of the night. Yeah, I don't know. For me personally, that's the only part where I really get stressed. Because it's one shot, uh, right? Yeah, you have like one shot. Well, I also did like from the wrong side at the start. And I'm doing it from the right side now. Uh, basically, the way you get upheavaled and then you run back, you have the landslide slightly towards one of the sides, like left or right. And then you could either choose to go further like towards the outside of the arena or like stay on the inside. And if you're on the outer part, you kind of have to, have to do like a ninja jump to make it back into that line. And if you miss that jump, <laughs> you're going to look like the biggest fucking retard. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that happened to me a lot at the start until I uh, went from the other side, which was easier, but... So when you guys are dealing with that landslide, are you actually wanting to bait the landslide to the side? Or are you wanting to bait it straight on? Uh, we wanted to bait it on the side or like straight on. I don't know what we're doing now, but yeah. Uh, I, so, so one of the big things with these jails is the use of ACT triggers for them. Um, it, once be, it seems like once everyone figured out that the jails were random between seven people, uh, one of the most common go-tos was some sort of arrangement with ACT, especially because apparently Garuda is responsible for two of those fucking things, and Titan's only responsible for one of them, for whatever right. fucking reason, according to the... Just a coding thing, honestly. Just, yeah, just a coding thing. Just so, makes it easier for them. Yeah. Um, how, do, how do we feel about that? Because in Yukov, uh, ACT ran rampant for Nail Van Darnus with the, with the RP mechanics, obviously. So for this, this is the one mechanic that kind of uh, the ACT triggers are kind of also used rampantly for. How do we feel about using them here versus using them back at uh, the RP mechanic for Nail? I personally did not use those triggers. I, I didn't either. So, but how do you feel about it? I mean, I don't know. Those, I mean, uh, I don't see them as that bad. Like, the nail triggers are way, quote unquote, worse if you want to call that. Like they they impact the fight a lot more than those Titan jails, in my opinion at least. So I don't feel that bad about them. The ACT the ACT triggers, um, I think, I, I I agree with what he said. They're not as intrusive as the the UCOP triggers that were out there. Some of the UCOP triggers were very intrusive to the fight. Um, and, you know, they completely uh, trivialized the nail RP mechanics. They, um, some of the triggers available trivialized the octet dive bomb uh, 
you know, methodologies. Uh, the jail thing, it's one small part of the fight, and they the triggers don't necessarily do the entire mechanic for you. What they do is they provide order to a situation that has no order, and then it's on you to respond accordingly and place the jails in the actual correct spot. With all that deflecting being said and, and whatnot, um, you know, they came out with a statement after Prague saying that uh, the fact that, you know, so many players felt that ACT was uh, necessary for this mechanic tells us that we need to do a better job of restricting this kind of interaction in the future. So they're going to go out of their way, supposedly, to be able to make it more difficult for people to make these kinds of tricks. Um, I support that. Uh, I think people only do it because it's available right now. And ACT has been such a staple in progression for so many years that um, it's just become, it's almost become like a, a, a bad baseline for, for progging. Um, but I, I think that they're not, the, the ones for the GL specifically are not as intrusive as some of the stuff that we were found, that we found in UCOB, yeah. I was just surprised that uh, I read a lot about the from the I read a lot of, of the uh, JP responses. Um, I was just surprised that they were really salty about it. I guess about those Titan Jail triggers, considering that the UCOP clear had like triggers for everything, and you can actually hear it as well. I don't think that, so my understanding of that situation is I actually don't think the mass populace is aware, and this is not to put Kretzi on blast or anything. Um, I think that there's, you know, misinformation about the, the I guess, the pureness of the kills that happen. Um, you know, players in the JP's, well, first clear of UCOB, a lot of them had triggers. Players in a lot of top JP kills all use triggers. I feel like the mass populace in the, in the JP community isn't actually aware of that. And they feel like it's a Western uh, thing that, that's isolated to like the Western communities. Um, but that's really like not the case. Uh, it is it is like a global baseline for rating right now. That, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to defend that and say that's a good thing, but that's the reality of the situation right now. Yeah, people always ask me where my triggers are and I go, I don't need those things. <laughs> I ain't no bitch. Fuck that. I, I ain't I, no bitch. No. No, Ultima's my bitch. I ain't no bitch. Ultima's yeah. my bitch. Uh, At the end of the exactly. day, like, if, if Square Enix is able to mask their their uh, you know logs uh, better than they currently are to restrict that kind of you know uh, mobility and and ease of access, then I don't think you'll hear many people against that. I think most raiders will say that. Less triggers probably makes it more fun. Um, that being said, I will go on a bit of a mini rant. Um, okay. That if they're going to, you know, discourage uh, raiders from using things like ACT, some of their mechanics they should design better. I'm just going to say it. I've said it. It's out there. Uh, the jail mechanic from a design standpoint is stupid. <laughs> I'm just going to be <laughs> honest. It's dumb. Okay. And there's a reason why everyone defaulted to one and use a trigger for it because it's stupid and it's volatile. Um, it's a very like precise movement and placement that you have to do with very, very, very little time to react and very little time to orchestrate three players. And if they want players to 
to shy away from that stuff and not want to do that stuff. Give players the time to consistently react and develop an actual strategy for reaction. Because right now, it's basically, if you don't use a trigger, it's dogpile the middle with your three, with your three jails. Uh, hope that, you know, call out like really quickly in comms, uh, me front, me back. Uh, the player, one player jumps forward, the other player jumps back. And you hope that you didn't call out over each other the same call and you hope that you both didn't jump the same direction. Um, there is other, a really cool uh, also alternative that uh, somebody brought up to me on stream earlier of using um, the, uh, the the macroed markers. Um, apparently, I don't know the actual syntax for it because I haven't investigated it myself, um, but apparently you can you know mark players and it automatically counts up just because of the way the marking system works if you mark everybody at the same time. Um, and it would actually like create an order for you. I thought that was a really cool thing to do. Yeah, you can do that. You can you can set it to mark each individual party slot with one specific marker, so you yeah. can set each player. Yeah, I mean that's probably that's I like to call that the good old Ramu extreme priority system. <laughs> if you were gonna if you were gonna shy away from triggers, that I think is like definitely the best way to go about it. But I'm still gonna you know stand by my little mini rant of if they don't want people to default to ACT then design mechanics a little bit better. I think it should have been okay. um, either the start when we saw them, we thought, okay, maybe this is uh, only DPS. So we thought, okay, uh, we do melee, melee, range, range. We saw, okay, Gila has it as well. Uh, okay, Gila, melee, like melee, melee, range, range, Gila, Gila. Uh, and then also like tank could have gotten it, and we're like, okay, so nah. if it was like only DPS, I think this mechanic would have been fine because then yeah, if been... there was some order to the madness. But yeah. as it stands right now, really the only consistent way of getting through it without a trigger is the you know the marking tactic that we're talking about. Which for for what it's worth, I actually really like that idea. Um, but that's not necessarily something that is your. Uh, I mean. That's definitely not something I thought of when I was when I was going through it. I remember just thinking, I really hope this doesn't boil down to priority system like Ramu, where it's like if you're one, you're all listen, I was gonna be one, so I again I still would have had that melee privilege being like, fuck it, I'm closest to the boss, I'm one, see y'all later. I'm out. It's a very short amount of time to react. And yeah. even, even with the marked priority system, it's still a very short amount of time for you to get orderly and understand like, oh, I'm below him, he's above me. That means I go here. That means he goes there. Um, it's just, yeah. I'll I'll end my rant there. No, 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 no. Because I, I want to dig a little bit deeper. Okay, go ahead. Um, <laughs> now, now you you bring up the jails. You you bring up the RP mechanic in UCOB. Is there anything else that feels stupid enough to where you would need an ACT trigger for it that you would want to redesign? Personally, you mean in anything else that isn't Yukon mm -hmm. or Uwu? Yeah, yeah, just anything else. Because I'm curious. I'm I'm really curious at this right now. Mm, nothing that wasn't as, as egregious as those two, honestly. Um, okay. And I don't even think like the nail RP was super egregious. Uh, I think the reasoning for people for people's wanting to use ACT there is it it trivialized it. Like it removed oh, yeah. the entire like. Uh, thought process from the fight. You did. You just actually just entirely removed that portion, that that mechanical uh, portion of the fight. Um, I think that the jail is probably 
uh, more what I would call an egregious example. Um, and I, I'm struggling to think of something else in another encounter that's probably as egregious as the Jazz, the Titan Jail. Anything I could think of, but you have sound cues for them if you have the sound effects on. I like the Gorilla Feathers, but... Even then, I mean, that's a pretty large sound cue. Like, yeah, like, screeching. I'm just saying, like, if, in, in, like, imagine if there was no sound cue, I could have sure, seen if that there was no thing. sound cue, it would be probably pretty dumb. Or, like, for people that were, the sound just randomly disappeared. Well, I, I actually play without sound, <laughs> I actually play without sound effects on, but it, it locks your position, like, almost a full second before Garuda or the ads even jump. Yeah. So even without the sound, like when I see the wicked wheels during um, the part right before Annihilation, I guess the second half of Predation is usually what I call it. Um, when I see Tirana and Sephardo doing wicked wheel, when they're done with the animation, they haven't even jumped yet. And I I call the move because I know that they've already locked in their position. So um, I, I don't think that's as as annoying of a spot, personally. I feel like that one's pretty easy to get around. I think the jails are a, a much more volatile example. Yeah, it's just like at the start of the fight when you're not so familiar with it. Like yeah. only in these cases. By now, like yeah, everyone remembered remembers uh, the exact timings. I just don't agree with triggers. Yeah. Ever people set them up, I'm like, nah, dude. I listen, when nail RP came around and I was like, yo, give me a give me a sentence, I guarantee you I know what it is. And then they would be like they'd be like steel and crimson, I'd be like, Alright, it's this and this. It's like I, I just will never come I will never come on your show and say the triggers are a good thing. I don't think they're a good. Well, thing. you do it on your show, though. No, I won't do it on my show. <laughs> I, I, I legitimately don't think that they are the direction the game should continue. Because, well, let me let me clarify what I'm saying. Uh, the evolution of triggers is probably not good for the game because they're getting more and more sophisticated as as fights go on. Oh yeah, let's I mean, let's use the jails as an example. There's one that adds syntax that'll mark the players in the order that they go. Well, I know, that's what I've seen as well. Yeah, I've seen people do go. that. Like that's that's on a whole. Other, I'm like, wait, what the? F why are you even playing the game at this point? Come on. Things are getting very sophisticated, and they're going to get more sophisticated if left unchecked. So I do, in, I do encourage and support SE sort of cracking down on on that side of things um, because some of the things that we enjoy about rating will. Uh, deteriorate over time if, if, if it's left to sort of blossom and evolve on its own. Yeah. I just don't want to see it go. And chat just brought it up the same way that DBM became so centralized to everything and wow, like to the point where they basically had to basically become a DBM. Yeah. Speaking of which, what I would also like, while we're also talking, while we're already talking about uh, decrypting uh, the packages, uh, well, I, I personally have never read in World of Warcraft. I don't know if, know if this is truth, but I just heard about it that there are phases in World of Warcraft and fights that you cannot data mine because they are encrypted and yes. the, the key to decrypt are given as you reach those phases. And I would appreciate if this was a thing in Final Fantasy as well. I don't know how difficult it would be for them to develop this. Well, that's essentially what they're talking ask. about looking into, right? Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess no, they're specifically looking into the, the actual ACT. The, the, yeah, the um, way, because the, they said that the big, in the interview you're referencing, Leo, they specifically talk about how um, people are able to get uh, chat notifications or text notifications via the parsing uh, before the mechanic is visible even. So oh, yeah, sure. 
Yeah. yeah. That's been a big problem since turn eight, honestly. Yeah. So that's something that was specifically the big thing they wanted to crack down on is getting those, those notifications that then deciding triggers. Yeah. But I wonder, I wonder if it is, I wonder if it's something they've considered doing is encrypting their, uh, their data mining process, or if they think people are just going to go around it anyway, or find a way around it in some way. I'm imagining a world where I didn't know that brute justice ever got wings. And that would have been an incredible like progression moment for me. If, if, you know, we, we feel like we're about to kill brute justice and obviously the fight timer would kind of tip us off that there's no way he's about to die here, but just seeing him like go to full health and get wings. Had I not known that that was going to happen beforehand would have been a whole nother feeling of, of, of craziness. Um, so I would really, really, really love them to sort of, yeah. So you want that, you want that mystery. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You hear that Yoshi P tell us less. And yeah, it's like what Zep is saying, like you find that in wow, um, the hidden, they're called mythic phases and a majority of mythic phases, um, with the exception of like maybe a few abilities, uh, are like big mysteries for the entirety of progression. Um, to my knowledge, I mean, I'm not involved in any world first prog in WoW, but I have done, you know, sort of, I guess what you would call mid-core prog in WoW. And, uh, you know, just like server competition and stuff. And mm-hmm. the, to, to my like demographic there, it's just a whole mystery throughout prog, some of those mythic phases. And you don't, you know, you don't really see them or, or even know that they exist until the World First video is released. Yeah, I, I think back to uh, uh, an old World of Warcraft boss that I, I wish hadn't been spoiled before it was actually shown in a video was uh, Firelands, Heroic Rag, Mr. Little Feet. <laughs> you have him growing feet and stepping out of the arena is not something anyone would have ever expected. But that was knowledge well in advance, months in advance of that encounter being released because of because of the data mining. So I, th- I think in situations like that, yeah, it's always more fun to just either see that stuff for the first time in a video because you're not someone who does the content or to see it yourself because you made it there. And uh, yeah, I agree. All right, I'm down. I'll, I'll, you know what? Let's forward that to Yoshida. Let's be like, yo, can you just start encrypting shit so people stop data mining it as much? I'm sure if you, I'm sure if in an interview someone brought up the fact that people had been data mining shit like the Woken status and whatnot, I don't know if that's how people figured it out or if that's how everyone figured it out, but it became a, it became a rampant topic of, of, of like, how did people figure this out? And they go, well, actually, actually, uh, from our team, at least, uh, that we knew that it existed. Yes. Just like uh, a, you see it on the boss itself, like the buff at least, and B, you had no like the descriptions of them were like completely mysterious. So even if you knew that they existed, you didn't actually know what they do. So for us, it was not because of data mine that we knew. Okay, we need to awaken them. Like no, that was not the case. We just saw. Okay, so the boss gets. These stacks, what happens if we give him more stacks? And then we saw, okay, we got to wait. From the data mining, though, like you see the stacks, and then you see an ability that is separate from the stacks. And I mean, you can tell how many stacks you can, you can, like you can even get. So, like, the, this, this just outlines the strength of, of data mining, data mining abilities and stuff. And a reason why 
it was it happened so much in progression and probably why it's you know it would be nice if it wasn't there because it would keep the surprise a little bit more but go before you're even zoning into the fight you know how many stacks of awakening you probably need to get to that mysterious buck you don't really know what happens when you get there but you know how many you need to get there and mm -hmm. that is like it's such a massive tell to what you need to do um and if if somehow they can encrypt their shit better to eliminate the possibility of that it can only be a positive i agree that's it <laughs> uh all right so we're starting to get a little bit late on the clock i know layla and i both have separate raid nights that will come eventually and we've rambled on for about an hour and 45 worries. so there's what i, I said I am... uh, sorry no worries oh, go. no go ahead go ahead i was gonna go into a, a topic that has to be talked about but i'm curious what you were gonna say sly um if your topic is us not getting old. That was the exact universe. topic. That was the exact topic. Uh, great minds <laughs> like, like. Yes. Alrighty. Yes, yes, they do. Slide, would you like to do the honors since you started talking first? Yeah. Uh, so, I have an opinion about this. I'll let y'all go first, but what I've pretty much seen the forums, I've pretty much seen Reddit, I've seen tweets, but I'll let you get it out in the air and out in the open. How do you feel about not getting ultimate for the rest of Stormblood? Mike. Thanks for picking me, Professor. Um, okay. First of all, I want to say I've seen some separate translations from a variety of different interviews that still make the wording of this ambiguous and not so cl crystal clear that it's no ultimate in 4.5. It seems more along mm -hmm. the lines of they only have three designers and they don't know exactly what the next one's going to be. So it's just like mm -hmm. there's almost no planning phase done. So I've just, I've seen conflicting translations. And I'm taking nothing as fact at this point. So what I'll express is my emotion under the pretense we will not have an ultimate in 4.5. My response is initially, damn, that sucks. And that's pretty much it because I know right now that if they aren't planning a 4.5 one and they aren't going to start developing it, it's too late in the dev cycle for it to happen even if we request it. At this point, it'd be more about making sure it doesn't happen come the 5.x series where we don't go 5.5 into whatever and not get one there. So I'm of the opinion that in terms of uh, viewership on uh, external platforms such as Twitch, I see a lot of people coming over from other MMOs for the first time seeing this content, wondering if this was a game they could get into. And then this is the jumping point for them to, to really get in, for them to see there's something like this waiting for me. And I think from a marketing standpoint, even if it's for just 1% of the player base, I'd say that the amount of the player base that interacts with the content, both internally in the game and externally through websites such as YouTube, Twitch, et cetera, et cetera, is so much higher than that. Probably more than the number of people who actually log in to do their fucking expert because nobody really does it, let's be fucking honest. So I'm, I think that having one every odd number patch, especially when you're trying to fill the lull waiting for an expansion you want people to be excited and have an idea of what top end gameplay looks like before a new expansion comes out before people are considering oh a new expansion coming out i wonder if i should get into that game i think it's vital for the health of the game to have that so i really want one at 4.5 as much as i don't think it's going to happen even with the conflicting information i want it and i want them to continue every odd numbered patch and no more than that just the one i don't want any more i just don't want them to stop that trajectory I will yep. just 
oh well, my first impression was I woke up, saw the message and was like, oof, not good. Like, I felt really bad about it. I didn't like it. Um, and my second reaction was who and what community are they referring to that is claiming a, an ultimate fight every eight months is too much? It seems more that they were implying that because they only have three developers that are qualified for it, when they said the, the feedback, it's more internally. That was my interpretation of it, because with only three people being qualified, it, it starts to stretch them thin a little bit as to who can actually do what if they're already signed to other things. I mean, mm. what if you put all of these three on one ultimate? I think you can't have... That's like having three, three head chefs in a kitchen. I don't think that works. <laughs> okay, maybe two. That's still you, you. You need one head chef and a team under them. Like I you guess. need one person in charge because if you have three people calling the shots, then you're gonna have three different fights in one fight, but like not in a cohesive way. But yeah, and then I was um, also surprised because uh, I very clearly remember an interview. I think it was after four point one one or shortly before four point two, where they did speak. Like they like they tease that there's an ultimate coming in four point three, and they're developing it right now, and that they are already having plans for the ultimate in four point five. I remember they're, that. I remember that as well. And then, and now they're saying they don't even have something planned. They don't even have like any fights or like what they would do. And I I'm I'm not sure like what to believe. Did they lie to us early on, or are they lying up to us now? I almost feel like they may have looked at how many encounters could reasonably have an ultimate and went, yeah, we might be going through these a little too fast. Because the truth of the matter is there are not as many encounters in this game that can be made into ultimates as people might otherwise think. I've heard people say, well, where's Ramushiva, Magomag, and Leviathan? It's like, why the fuck would there ever be an ultimate with those four in them? There's nothing, there's no, there's no relation to each other between the four. You know, I've seen people suggest taking Gilgamesh and, and Ultras. I've even had that suggestion mm -hmm. before. And it's like, yeah, but can you really put that on the same scope of epicness as Ultima and Bahamut? You take a, a joke like Gilgamesh and turn him in. Like, there's always got to be a plot. And I'm wondering if they're concerned about how often they introduce plots that can actually become ultimate encounters and how quickly oh, they'll go through them. That's kind of what I wanted to ask. Like, how would people feel if we got an ultimate fight that does not have the same epicness in it? Like, if, like, let's imagine Ultima wasn't Ultima and it was like, I don't know, it was Gaius. Okay. Because it was like, I don't know, it was Shiva. The same mechanics, just Shiva. No RP, no nothing. Just like people mega still hard. It? Yeah. I, I, I think I would have still liked it. But hmm. maybe Twitch wouldn't have liked it as much. I'm not sure. But I think they could potentially make any fight into ultimate if people do not mind that it necessarily means you will lose epicness. And I think that's that's a, I think that that would need to be a different category because making an ultimate of just one encounter, you pretty much end up having to invent a lot of new stuff. Whereas the current ultimates, they they absolutely create new things, or the way that they they interact with us is new mm -hmm. to some degree. But it is mostly, hey, I remember exactly how this worked in that fight. Now it's being applied to in a much more aggressive and and complex way. Uh, it's ultimate's all about saving resources or reusing resources, and I feel like to do one boss standalone, you, you kind of lose that ability. 
you have to really create a lot of new things for them. I mean, what I've been hoping or what I could see them potentially doing in the future is, well, I mean, of course, this is just a crazy fantasy, but I was thinking maybe in 4.4, we do not actually fight Omega. And then in 4.5, we would have fought Omega as an ultimate. And um, I would have liked that idea. I would have loved it. Um, but what I could see them do as well is make the final fight slightly easier and then make that as an ultimate again in the next patch. So they so second, coil, so second Coil Savage style. Kind of, yeah, exactly. So we instead of God Kafka Savage, we would have God Kafka Ultimate, where the Kafka phase and the God Kafka phase are both like one fight without a checkpoint, for example. Le- Layla, we haven't let you speak at all. How are you feeling? You said there's there's no ultimate in four or five? Yes. Oh, sorry, I couldn't really hear the conversation over this login music for uh, another game. Uh, <laughs> I recognized the World of Warcraft login music immediately. I was like, is that, oh, wow. is that what I think it was? Wow. I'm glad that you took all this time to prepare that. I think um, it's be. I mean, it's really, really, really disheartening. Like everybody said, for uh, there to be no ultimate four five. Obviously, the ultimate has been so much good for the game, so much good for raiding. It finally, like, it finally gave raiding a a, a like a a set of difficulties that don't alienate different uh, portions of the player base, which I thought was. Kind of, which was obviously not just what I thought, which was obviously occurring in Heavensward. There was always one uh, group of players that was being alienated in their in their rating demographics, and um, you know, Ultimate circumvented that. It finally, you know, gave the the hardcore players what they wanted, and it gave the the non hardcore players what they wanted. Um, and for us to not have any of that in four or five, you've once again alienated a portion of your player base. So. Uh, I'm of the mindset that at this point, I don't care if they give us uh, an encounter that. Uh, doesn't match up to UCOB or Ultima, at least it gives us something. Um, I think that uh, I don't think that they would do that because I think presentation is important to them, and I think that uh, they're not going to want to half-ass content because their content it, it, it sells their game. You know, if somebody watching it on Twitch, they're going to want what they're watching to be epic. They're going to want it to be something that would, that would interest them in playing. And Ultima Weapon and UCOB both do that. Um, so while I want that to happen, I don't think that would happen. Uh, if they don't do an ultimate in four or five, I think the only thing that uh, I would really hope that they would do beyond that is just give us something else to do. Uh, Savage is not going to be enough. I'm going to predict right now that the four four Savage tier is going to be cleared in another day. It's going to be a single day tier again. Um, bold, prediction, bold prediction, I know. Um, but uh, <laughs> if you if you take that in consideration. For the next 1.5 years, we have one day tiers to look forward to. You're going to tell me that you can keep your hardcore player base, uh, you know, invested in the game with the current formula for content releases doing that. If they if they redact ultimate from 4.5, there is going to need to be something else. And it doesn't have to be even be a raid. If they want to just give us something to do, and I'll, people are tired of hearing me preach it, but 
if they want to even give us some more interesting light party content that's difficult, at least it will give us a reason to log in every day and, and play and challenge ourselves every day. Because right now, uh, preparing for one day tiers for the next one and a half years is not something that I myself am very interested in. I hear you there. Well, then I'm assuming you're definitely ready to go through day one for Heaven on High then. Oh, I'm in, dude. I love like party content. I'm locked in. Alarm clock, heaven on high. Let's go. Did did you did you catch what he had to say about the difficulty of thirty one through hundred? I did, and I'm highly skeptical. So I'm we'll skeptical see. too, but it's still that's it's it's at least decent to hear. I I like I at least like seeing him acknowledge that one eighty to two hundred was the only part everyone liked. Of of Palace of the Dead, not nobody was like, oh yeah, one hundred one to one seventy nine. Oh, so. That's uh, great. I love it so much. I can't. I love doing 51 to 100 before that, too. It's great. It's great every I mean, time. What would also be nice is if they would uh, make 5.0, like the expansion, release it with an ultimate. I think that would could potentially still satisfy people if they don't give us one in 4.5 i would i would back that and i would be satisfied by it if i ever thought it plausible yeah i was yeah. i was that, gonna go age. down that route i was like <laughs> yeah you say that but the uh, the odds of it yeah exactly yeah, there's, there's 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 no. glass half full there's glass full <laughs> and then there's glass empty the glass doesn't gonna, even glass exist the, <laughs> the glass doesn't even exist for that that possibility right. i feel i would welcome it though sure yeah i uh I my, 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 my whole thing is with you know getting an, another ultimate is you know the fear the, the same fear that a lot of you probably had with the uh, ooh is that it wouldn't stand up to yukov and now that it's been done two times the fear is a little bit more prevalent and we, we've gotten to the point where you know, they're, they're running down the list of content and you're afraid to see them, you know, just mush things together in the sake of just for the sake of really ultra hard content. And I don't want to see that happen. So while I do, I completely understand everyone. Yes. It like not having, not having, um, ultimate for, for 4.5 would be somewhat detrimental it wouldn't break the game that's my whole thing like it's not gonna break the game absolutely not but at I the same time oh, at the same time definitely not kill a portion of their player base yeah it would no no i do agree with that but like there there's a bit of trepidation there with it you know coming in 4.5 like there's a lot of trepidation for me that it just would not live up to your expectations you would get something completely rushed. Um, again, this is the first time, like this is the first expansion we've seen content like this. We didn't see this in in um, Heaven's War. We didn't. We definitely didn't see this in Realm Reborn. It was just, you know, Inception. Um, so, like, while I'm a bit like, while I do understand where you're coming from, I'm a bit forgiving in the fact that you know they've had how long to think think this up. And while it does seem easy on paper for them to think this up, and like we dream of it all the time, we talk about it all the time on the show. What's going to be in the next ultimate? What are they going to include? What mechanics are they going to include? And it's 
and you could really go back to, you know, just doing um, level sync, item level sync stuff and maybe kind of figure it out. Like them having to do that every so often patches, is, is that something they should, we should be getting, they should be getting used to, let alone we should be getting used to? It's a standard that they advertised. And if, if, if that's okay. our expectation, it's entirely they're doing. Um, okay. They yep. set us up for this. They, they gave us this expectation. Um, if this is not the expectation that they intended, then they shouldn't have sold it as such. Um, mm -hmm. I think that... I've, so I don't, I don't like to use this, this side of the argument, but it, this is a reality. And okay. it would be important to not be ignorant to this reality. In two months' time, Battle for Azeroth launches. And that is a direct competitor to Final Fantasy XIV. They're going to be in contention with a titan on the MMO market. And the proposed, we don't know what they have planned for 4.5, but the proposed content drought from 4.4 to 5.0 will be the longest of any content droughts because that's how, that's how expansion leading up to expansions always is the lead up to an expansion mm -hmm. is always longest longer than any other lead up to a patch and if we have nothing to look forward to from 4.4 to 5.0 there is a hot new car on the market <laughs> in, in a in a giant competitors uh, uh, in a, from a giant competitor that mm -hmm. a, a lot of people are going to be looking at and messing around with not all because wow is not for everyone there are plenty if not the majority of the final fantasy player base that hates and detests World of Warcraft. But I cannot sit here and say that there will not be people that play this game that leave if there's nothing to do from 4-4 to 5-0. So. I would say the same. I, I would honestly say the same if we actually do get an ultimate. Like, there's going to be a percentage that jump over. I don't disagree. Like, I'm not going to kill I just, think it would be, I just think it would be aggravated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of the big things with... I guess comparing World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV in this case is it, it starts to not just be becoming about one ultimate encounter. It starts you start to look at kind of the grander picture. You see like seven boss raids, thirteen boss raids, eleven boss raids, and Mythic Plus, and the people who want to play the same game constantly look at that and go, "Well, that's going to hold my attention a lot longer." So if they are going to do something that's not ultimate, it, it like Layla said, needs to be something that's worth logging in on the daily to do something that advances exactly. you in some way, something that gives you a sense of accomplishment. And we've been asking for mm -hmm. it. And I know it's copy pasta from another game, but the mythic plus is a great light is a great idea in terms of what you could do with light party content. I have a feeling that you can do other things like speed running leaderboards. You know, you have shit like uh, you have shit like the feast leaderboards and whatnot with, you know, that, and then you have regional championships and then where's why, why can't we do like speed running leaderboards and shit like that for dungeons and time trials and stuff that reuses other stuff and then maybe have the option to crank numbers up or down just literally present the same content with like sliders and shit right and i'll and i'll be the plus minus here like we've the final fantasy 14 community has been a really good has done a really good job and been a really good proponent of creating content where there's almost nothing there and like I feel like I kind of feel like once we do hit that void, yes, we will get some of that, but that won't be enough. So I'm for I am for another ultimate. 
but I'm just saying in case we don't get it, don't like not just don't be surprised, but you know, there's probably gonna be something else out there. That's all I'm saying. The other reality you have to accept is when 4.4 launches, uh, you will have many raiders, many mid-core raiders that are gonna attempt to clear this, and they will probably do this within one or two weeks. And let's pretend there's an ultimate. Everyone that plans to do this ultimate has to stay subscribed to the game and clear the third installment weekly, on a weekly basis. Uh, there's no way around this, like because there's no crafted gear or anything that you could go with into the 4.5 ultimate. Um, and I can tell from my own experiences that in Heavensward, at least, um, in 3.5 or like after 3.4, after clearing Alexander, I've seen many people quit. Um, and they came back in Stormblood, of course, but they did quit in this time between 3.4, 3.5. And I've seen this also happen in 3.3 and 3.1 where people cleared the, the raid, and then after they reached this after eight weeks, or maybe a bit longer, they did not stay subscribed. And I think this is a problem that is probably going to happen again if they do not implement an ultimate 1.5. See, where, where we see it as a problem, though, Yoshida has very often expressed that it's not. It's by design that players feel free to go play something else. They don't feel tied down and chained. Thanks. To a single title so i guess that becomes a question while we're constantly looking at it from that outlook of keeping subscribers this he's like no it's fine you can just go play that because when the next ultimate comes out i know exactly where you're going to think to be that's fair i mean if that if that's if that's true and that's his outlook on it then that's been his I, outlook yeah, since yeah, the 2.x days when people were asking you know why can't you do this he's like you know maybe you release these because i think it was the question like back in 2.1 where it was like there's these extreme primals and then, you know, but there's no real increase to item levels. So players maybe don't want to, don't feel like logging in or subscribing. And then he goes, that's perfectly fine. You know, it's, it's always here waiting for you, you know, log, pay for your subscription when there's something you like, don't pay for it when there's something you don't like. That's, that's consumers. He just seems like content with the mm -hmm. idea pretty much. Play devil's advocate with myself. Even, uh, I'm the example of the, of the person that you're referencing, but um, there were very few rate tiers where I didn't take a break between between the between tiers uh, i took a break in two one i took a break uh, a little bit less so of a break in two three because they had second close savage um then i took a break in two five before before three oh so i mean and i've always come back so i mean maybe there is something to the madness there um i just know that this is the only mmo that has behaved that way for me I've never really taken long breaks in between content and felt the need to do so. So maybe that's why it's a bit appalling to me. Um, it would also make it the only MMO where you've taken a long break but still been so compelled to come back. There you yeah. go. You could argue that way. guess, and the other thing is, it's just sad if you think about it. Like, the the content is just so good that even considering all of the other... Um, issues that they might bring, like people unsubscribing or hopping, like jumping to another game. It's just that you're just sad that they don't bring another one because it's just so good in general. It's so good for the game. It's just, ex 
just I don't think anyone has had more fun doing these fights ever before like in any other fight and at least for me personally and um it yeah it's just kind of saddening if you know that there's nothing coming for such a long time it's like waiting for the next game of thrones season for example you're like no okay oh, i would be God, there mind me, dude. <laughs> like you know okay i will be there 100 percent. like i'm hyped as fuck but that time in between oof that's it's long. It's uh, gonna be hard. So, yeah. I well, think that just people are just sad. And I think that's fair. And if you're someone who is sad, <clears throat> luckily over on the official forums, there's a post with a bunch of names of some hardcore raiders that uh, decided to throw up a thread about the ultimate hiatus uh, and publicly express it and uh, ask that other people who you know have opinions on it comment on the thread as well. So I'm going to throw that in the uh, chat real quick, and I'll throw it in the YouTube comment section as well, that if you're someone who uh, I think you need to log in, you need to have logged into the game in the last 14 days to comment on yep, the forums. Two weeks. Yeah, so if you're someone who's logged in the past two weeks and you want to comment on the forums about how you feel about the ultimate hiatus, please do so in a reasonable and well-spoken manner. I don't, want to, I don't want somebody to be like, yo, Mr. Happy sent me here, and I just want to say, y'all, y'all dumb. I don't want to see. Don't shit. turn it. To, <laughs> don't turn it to Reddit. Y'all no. fucking stupid. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't don't turn it to Reddit. I don't, These are the forums. I know. I mean, while they seem like a little bit similar, don't turn it to fucking Reddit, please. I just also, while while you're at it, do not just comment, but also click on that like button. They care a lot about that like button. Right. It's at the bottom right, above quotes. Is this thumbs up? Click this. Very important. Yes. Yeah. So I'll include that in the YouTube section. I know on Twitch chat, people are probably be like, wait, can you relink that? Um, but uh, now when I say like, favorite, subscribe, and share, I also mean that thread. I No matter what happens with that thread, I think 4.5 is a done deal. If they've said that it's not happening, it's not happening. I think it's too late in the dev cycle. Whether or not they have something else planned, who the hell knows. But I think it's more about getting that set in place for the 5.x series at this point so that it doesn't happen again. That's that's, yeah, my, well, that's you my know, personal outlook. That's just like your opinion, man. Layla, what the hell did you do to your voice to get that loud all of a sudden? <laughs> Jesus Christ! You went from being like a like a three to an eleven. Uh, I may have tweaked something. <laughs> Thank you. The... Wow. All right. So uh, with that, uh, unless there's anything else that you guys want to say, I know I'm already past the time. I, I saw a couple of eyes emojis in the chat coming from my raid group in the Twitch chat. By the way, don't do that. I'm in the middle of the show. But anyway, uh, and I know Layla's got something soon. So unless there's, uh, if there's any closing thoughts you guys want to give, um, then I'd give them now. And then we're going to do a sponsor list, let you guys shout out where people can find you, and then we'll wrap things up. One thing is why... Am I not able to dismantle the primals in the final phase of Ultima? By design, man. <laughs> that's that's the worst design ever. Really. Okay. Is there any other closing thoughts? Machinus is bad. It keeps them up at night. Ow. Are there any Bump other closing thoughts? Waffle House. Ah, I let Layla have a closing thought. Closing thought. Uh, I really, really, really hope that if we don't get ultimate, we at least get something. I love light party content. Give me something related to dungeons, please. 
Okay, is that is that it? Are we done with closing thoughts? Yeah, that that's that's the only do, thing that Mike, actually matters. Do you have any closing thoughts? It sounds like you have a closing thought. No, uh, I'm just making thought? sure we're getting the closing thoughts out of the way. Uh, okay, all right. I I just all pour right. all my thoughts out. So. Okay. All right. Uh, Nerf warrior. Buff Waffle House. Buff Machinist. I'm a mug. So we're pretty we're we're pretty happy right now. We're fairly happy right now. Just saying. Okay. So uh, with that, uh, we're gonna do we're gonna let uh, these two shout out where you can find them at. Uh, Sly and I will do it too. I'm gonna thank the sponsors, then we'll wrap up the show. Sound good? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Klops, not Layla, even though I called you Layla the whole show out of habit. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can uh, find you at and some of the things that uh, you got fun going on working? What are you doing? Uh, you can find me on US Sargeras on Alliance. Uh, I, I go by the name Klops over there, Brewmaster. Um, you can add me, my battle tag on Battle.net. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the normal place, GG, And, uh, see your distaste to me right now on twitch um <laughs> i twitch.tv slash clops gg and i'm gonna wrap up before mike kills me no I- i'm actually smiling about something completely different because mel just wants to know if you still use the shitty keyboard if you finally gotten a real one yet i actually oh is she talking about my, my dell keyboard yeah so Le- actually, yeah layla dell no no layla dell uh, is actually dead um i have a uh, keyboard that Rinchan, my old bard, gave me um, shortly after Creator that I, I'm still using to this day. Um, and uh, it's like entirely yellow, just like his, his character and everything in his life. So uh, I'll, I'll take a picture of him and put it on Twitter. It's a honey yellow? Yeah. Me, yeah, me I mean, would be proud. It, it's basically honey yellow, yeah. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure of that. All right. Thank you. Thanks for answering that question on your on your uh, outro. All right. And uh, next up, we have Zep and his, uh, as he described, a weeb ass picture when he when he <laughs> sent it to me. So uh, where where can they find you at Zep? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zeppi Monado, and you can find me on Twitch slash Zeppi Eight Nine Nine. And if you ever find me again, uh, you can send me a tell or add me. Not for anything. There you go. And now uh, someone who's a little bit uh, more regular. My, my girlfriend says she loves your voice. She thinks it's very good for ASMR, by the way. Yeah. Zep. Me? Yes. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. How do you feel about that? Ooh. 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 Maybe, yeah, Malik, maybe you can get some um, ASMR Twitch streams from you, Zep, maybe? Sure. <laughs> sure. You, you you heard it first, Mel. There you go. There you go. You can enjoy that. My, I'll, I'll, I can't wait to wake up eleven thirty in in the evening, and my girlfriend's just listening to Zep talk. <laughs> what are you doing, babe? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. I mean, not a nothing. damn. None of your business. There you go. Uh, all right. Now that we can, now that we can stop talking about my girlfriend creeping on Zep. How about we uh, we talk about you instead, Sly? Where can they find you at? Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox. You can find me on Instagram at Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox 07. Twitter at Sly the Fox. YouTube.com slash The Velvet Room. I'm taking a day off this week to finally work on that goddamn timeline vid that you all asked for. You're welcome. 
Now, where can they find you at, Mike? You can find me, Mr. Happy127, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all those places. It's pretty easy to find. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm now on the Octopath waiting period in terms of just waiting for Octopath to come out. So uh, that's what I'm doing with my life right now. So be on the lookout for some more stuff regarding the prologue demo and some stuff that you can use when the full game comes out, including a quick speedrun of getting all eight characters in the demo before the three hour time limit finishes, which has already been done by a lot of people. It's not, it's not super hard to do apparently, but I, uh, I can't wait to make, make a video for that one. And then with that, before our guests get going, uh, we're going to do a quick shout out for our sponsors over on Patreon. They've been supporting the channel through hashtag demonetized for the past god knows how many months over on youtube and we have quite a few of them on this list we have our patron of light up first Kuch across the avon fc on genova on, on the uh I, normally i have the picture up but i think i'll just edit it in on the youtube side he sent me a new one and i just i saw it while i was in the middle of the show so it's not really set up it's like actually no, no no that's not true i should have it set up but i'll, I'll get it i'll get it set up before we actually are at the uh the end of the sponsor list but uh, then we have the rest of our sponsors. We have our standard sponsors right here. We have Shadow Link on the Tonberry server. We have Dom, Suka Wake from the Genova server, Lamillionella of Midgard's Armor, Sir and the Avalanche family on Malboro, Johnny Yatia, Nyrick of Clan Vizsla, Kifka and the Great Eagles on Exodus, Dark Graver, Kadeoshi from Kujata, Skia Symphony from Ragnarok, Raz Evan from Exodus, Rallyer West Austin, Purple Warrior, Eadric Red Seal, Alexi Valentine, Mentar the Revives FC from Zodiac, Sour Cream and Tribes from Genova, Renoa Chikar, Goisha Valfer of Siren, Hurst vs. Fairy, Phoenix Down FC on Goblin, and Saren from Zodiac. We also have our elite sponsors. We have, I lost track of myself there, Kano Zuki on Genova. We have Ustarl on Coral, Sathal, Sour Frost from Behemoth, Diablo, Holy Tabasco, Red Thorn, and Sir, Kernai Oni, Askenhawk, Oscar, Crash 015, Mustang, Strangity FC on Ultras, Cat Kazuma, Serial Kira, and the Reckless Tea Party on Cactar. We have Ignis Fairground from Diablos, Fluster Fanfront, Knock Cordis from Excalibur, Corvus Moonscar, Private Mikey Spike, Nadine Kirasami, Rudy Rudiger, Ten Colossus, Glor Hackman, Wall Jr., Ramil Gaming, and Killtastic Jones. And I had spent all that time reading, and thus I didn't actually get to look at the, I didn't actually get to update the image, even remotely. Although it shouldn't take me more than a second here to get the most recent one. Well, I like the last one. There you go. There you go. They represent Samurais too, Layla. Just, you know, our patron of light is very much a Samurai enthusiast, just like you, Layla. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to twitch.tv slash flowers. Uh, support the Samurai Dream. There you go. Look at that. Look at that extra wow, shout out. the shout out, though. The shout, Let's go. The shout, the shout out for the for the Samurai. There you go. That's that's how proud he is of, of, the, of the Samurai heritage, I suppose. There you go. And look, he already is subscribed <laughs> to Faros, Layla. There you go. Step, step, step ahead of you. All right, gentlemen, thank you for joining me for this show. I know you got to get going in a few minutes, and my raid group's busy like, yo, what the fuck are you doing when they know I do this show every week? So uh, thank you again for joining us. We're going to go into a very short post-show before we wrap things up, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll see you next week, not on Tuesday, because I have something else to do. So it's going to be like Monday Monday or Thursday next week. So we'll let you know on twitter we'll, we'll talk about it we'll talk, we'll talk about, about it, it. yeah it's, it'll be about like all the interviews and shit like we know the topic but you know just yeah. you gotta yeah. wait so uh thank you everyone and we'll see you next week until then take care see you next week oh the outro is not updated either but i updated this that's not fair here hold on we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fix this right now Man. We're gonna no, we're fixing well, we're fixing it right now. Alright, I updated it before the show started and that one just didn't look at that. Now it's updated. That's beautiful right there. Yay.
I updated that. I fixed the audio issue with OBS, and now we got that. But I fixed it. You do what you.